Are you ready to say goodbye to 2020? You know, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready to say goodbye to 2020. <laughs> you want to stick in it for a little bit longer? It's nice and comfortable in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not going to immediately back that statement, Mike. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to join literally every single one of our listeners and wish goodbye to 2020. So goodbye, 2020. We're nearly into 2021, the optimistic year. Goodbye, 2020. <laughs> We, we hardly, hardly knew, knew you. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. It's time for yearly themes. Yearly theme time. The best time of the year. It is really the best time of the year. Yearly themes for 2021. So we're looking ahead to our next year. Um, I guess we should start off with a brief recap of what yearly themes are. Uh, my favorite thing that's happened since our last yearly themes episode is you made that wonderful YouTube video, the themes video. I will put that in the show notes. It's a very good primer for the idea of what a what a theme is, what it is like to have a yearly theme. But if mm. you want a bit more information, we can go into that here. So we've been doing yearly themes on Cortex since 2016. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't think <sighs> wow. about it that way. It's fine. Every year we get together, we review how our last year has gone and the theme that we set for ourselves and talk about what we're looking to achieve in our coming year and then set a theme around that. So the things that we want to achieve, where we want to be, what we want to focus on, we kind of encapsulate these things and tie them up with a nice little theme bow. Now, yearly themes, they are not resolutions, not at all. Resolutions should go in the trash. New Year's resolutions are a terrible idea. Do you want to tell people why New Year's resolutions are a terrible idea, Gray? I mean, where where does one even start? Mm -hmm. But yes, they're goals that you set a year in advance that you often think about with mere days, if that, of forethought. (laughs) And (laughs) it's just like everything about them is structurally doomed to failure. I think themes exist as a nice general layer above goals Mm -hmm. goals if you want them to exist need to be shorter term than a year it's just it's way too far and it's depressing and it's awful so no one should do new year's resolutions so i'll give you a good i'll give a good example to our listeners so a lot of people might set a new year's resolution of like i want to lose 10 pounds by march or something like that Mm. and these are like these fixed goals that you can succeed or fail with but if you set for yourself for example, the year of health as your yearly theme. There's so many things that you can achieve over that 12-month period that Mm. could contribute to the year of health rather than it just being like, well, I didn't lose those 10 pounds. I lost eight, so I failed. Right. It's like, no, but if you have the yearly theme of the year of health, you did what you wanted to do, or maybe your your year of health w- could be focusing on your mental health instead because you decide that you don't want to lose the weight. So there are lots of different things that you can do that could ladder up to the year of health that makes it more of a thing that at the end of the year you can look back and see what you've accomplished rather than focusing on the things that you didn't. Yeah, and they're adaptable and flexible as yep. you go on because as might happen, a year could be quite different halfway in than you were expecting at the start. Mm -hmm. And then you also would just feel bad of like, oh, I'm never going to achieve my goal. It's like, no, no, no. Themes can be malleable. They can Mm -hmm. change to fit the situation. You just want to be moving in a positive direction. And if there's one thing that 2020 has taught us and all the Cortexans, is that I think we need to establish our yearly themes in such a way that in case they can take a, a harsh left turn. <laughs> but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Themes are intended to be broad. Like getting better at something is great, 
you don't have to be the ultimate version of it. So like mm -hmm. there was one of the things that you were talking about in the video that you made of positive trend lines being a good thing, you know? That's mm. just like, as long as you're moving towards where you want to be, that is improvement. Just being at the ultimate stage of that is not necessarily what you can achieve. You don't know what's going to happen in your year. So having a theme can help you move towards areas that you're looking for rather than be like all or nothing based around mm. one particular metric that you've set. So when you're choosing a theme for yourself, try to stay broad. Don't make a defined route or path. Think about the kinds of areas that you'd like to focus on. Allow for adapting, as you reference it as broad directional resonant. These are these <laughs> three little words that I really liked from the video that you made. So yearly themes, they're all about trying to help you build the life you want to live, whether it's personal stuff, work stuff, creative stuff, or a mix of all of them. And for the last few years, my themes have been exactly that. And mm -hmm. my theme that I'm going to talk about later on in this episode for 2021 is, I think, one of the, the most all-encapsulating themes that I have looked at so far. It touches on, Ooh. I think, every single part of my work, creative, and personal life in a way that they haven't usually. And so that, that's what I think, like a really good yearly theme, you can find parts of it in everything that you do. And I think that that really helps, again, enforce the idea of this being an achievable thing because I may not achieve my yearly theme when it comes to the creativity stuff, but maybe I did with my personal life and my relationships. And so, you know, that, that's what makes these things really good. It remains like this overall kind of umbrella for, for your year. So I'm, I'm very intrigued to find out what it is that your theme is going to be this year. You're, you're really, yep. really setting it up there. I know. This is foreshadowing. <laughs> but we have a lot to do before we talk about what our themes are. We like to review our theme from the year before. So we take a look at what we set in 2020 at the beginning of the year, or it's like the end of 2019, and then we reflect on how it's been. I've already kind of done a bit of this this year, but we haven't done it for you. So can you give our listeners a reminder of what your 2020 theme was and then talk about how it's been? Yes. I will do that just as soon as I change the batteries in my backup recorder. Hold on one second, Mike. <laughs> How good's the backup recorder if it has no power? <laughs> the backup recorder that I watched the little light blink out as you were talking and thought, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing failing at the one thing you're supposed to do. I'll be right back. Levels, levels. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Levels, levels. Okay, great. All right. Backup recorder, backup. Oh, dear. So, yeah, you, you were in, in the interesting position of doing the half-year theme switch, a, a Cortex first this yep. year. Yep. I did not do a theme switch this year. And I'll say at this point, usually the weird thing that happens is we record this episode in December. Mm -hmm. And this is the time when people are thinking about New Year's resolutions. Every year in the past, I've always felt like summer is the time that you have to decide on what your theme is going to be. And it, it comes to you. Sometimes the theme picks you. You know, this happens. Mm -hmm. And so often when we're talking about what the themes are, I'm already half reviewing how it's gone because yeah. I've been living the theme for half of the year. Yeah. And we've always been off kilter. 
But this is the first year where that has not happened. Hmm. So I did not have my summer decision of what the theme is going to be. I was wondering for a little while of like, gee, I wonder if, if this is even going to be a thing that occurs to me because since this year was so different, uh, it didn't feel quite like there was a summer and everything was just in a different place. So this year I actually, for the first time, have had a theme run for the full duration. So basically 18 months from the summer when I first thought of the year of clarity, which was my theme for last year until now. And so I'll, how to put this as the intro alluded to Mike 2020 has not been a, a good year for most people. I, th- I think we can make that as a, as a general statement. Yeah, I think you could probably get away with that one, Gray. <laughs> I don't like to generalize. Uh, <laughs> but if I'm going to generalize on something, it will be this. Yeah, and, and specifically, when you're going to try to make a generalization that, say, encompasses the entirety of the human species on the planet for a year, mm-hmm. there's very few things you could say. Yeah. But to say that 2020 was not very many people's best year it's probably a pretty a pretty safe statement Mm -hmm. and for me you know my 2020 got totally interrupted it was originally going to be lots of travel and lots of family travel in particular and all of that got canceled Mm -hmm. but if we put aside all of the obvious things and i'm just talking about myself 2020 has been one of the greatest years of my adult life. And I will very easily attribute that to just a perfect alignment of theme and events. So I feel incredibly grateful to having the year of clarity to help in what would otherwise have been just like a really uncertain time. Yeah, you were set up perfectly. Yeah. To maximize everything you wanted because there was nothing in your way. Yeah, that's a that that's that's a good point. That's a good point that there was nothing in my way in, in very many cases. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think also it, it just it really helped me just focus a lot on what is important, what matters, like what actions can you take? Like all all of the obvious stuff, but just repeatedly thinking about like the clarity of decision making or like what is it that you're trying to accomplish here it really did work tremendously in my favor and it's a strange thing to say you know because again like within this context of oh 2020 has been fantastic and the year of clarity is amazing you know it's in the it's in the background of oh i haven't socialized with another human in person for almost a year and i haven't been in a store or a restaurant of any kind i don't think we have gone so long about seeing each other yeah yeah i mean that has to be true well, it'll be the... a year right about now i think i last saw you on new year's eve uh yeah i think that's right yeah, yeah. I, I saw you last in person new year's eve yeah. and yeah I, I only saw a couple of people after that and it was like well goodbye everybody here's the <laughs> goodbye everyone I, i'll see you later so yeah it's been an interesting experience and i like I'm also just in this uncomfortable position of feeling guilty about that, but it is just the truth. I'll tell you, Gray, it's good you do. Because, you know, 
if you said all of this stuff and just felt nothing, <laughs> right? right? It's bad. It's <laughs> at least you're being able to acknowledge that, like, yeah, you've had been able to focus and have a good year, but you're obviously very aware of the fact that it's also a terrible year for pretty much everyone. If you didn't feel guilty about having had a productive year, in that sense, it's like, <laughs> oh man, he's finally pushed, gone over the edge. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and it's also you know it's it's been an interesting experience just talking to other people where just you know sometimes you have to calibrate like you know oh, many people I know are having terrible times and yeah. then it's like well you know you want to keep it to yourself in those moments about like oh really everything's great yeah. within this tiny radius in which I exist but this is this is here where it's like okay we're talking about how have our years actually gone and and yeah. this is just the truth of it for me although what I would say is. It does feel like another piece of evidence on the pile for what is like the inevitable end game of my life being a completely disconnected recluse in a yeah. cabin somewhere who yeah, a every once that. in a while packs a video onto the back of a mule to send into town to be uploaded to the internet. It does feel a bit like, yeah, you could totally live that life, dude, and it wouldn't be a problem. From the outside, it does look like you have had, from an output level, a very productive 2020. Like, it has been very productive for you. And I assume the plans that you set in place that we spoke about on the show, topic lock and all that kind of stuff, which came from the year of clarity, it seems, it's, from the outside, it seems to have really worked. Oh, yeah, totally. And, and this is where I want to, again, pitch to people who are, are thinking about themes, the real power of amorphousness and it's perfectly okay for themes to be fuzzy wuzzy like they don't have to be really precise no and you know i listened to the the last year's episode you know before this one because it's always interesting to hear how how you are in the past and like i know what that gray was planning like i know all of the things that he wanted to do with this new clear vision and and many of which involve travel and and explicitly seeing people and like there were so many things that he wanted to do and all of that got completely washed away but this fuzziness of the theme allowed me to achieve many of the same things that I wanted to achieve but just in what ended up being totally different ways and and yeah I always talk about this idea for people like you want to be trying to build a life that you want to live and you know in, in this past year year of clarity helped me really focus on okay if your radius has been shrunk from i can go anywhere in the world to you know this apartment is my existence you know what is what is living a life that you want to live mean in that context yeah. and I, I took it very seriously and this is why you know i got exercise equipment you know um, very early to try to establish this as a thing and also thinking about the video production it, it was it was really a case of well i'm going to dive into the projects that i'm working on like i, I can focus on this completely and clearly in a different way than before there's fewer distractions in the from the outside world you know, who knows how long this is going to last? You know, you never know in any particular moment. But I could always use that as an advantage to focus. And the strange thing about the year of knowing that there's not even going to be the possibility of a social interruption does allow a kind of 
deeper focus on things like it, it it has been interesting and i i think it's also been measurably successful like if you look at the uploads for the past 18 months versus the previous 18 months like i've just put out a lot more videos over the course yeah. of that time yeah and i also think you know because what started off the year of clarity was changing the business model for the way that I make the videos. Yeah, you were set up nicely in that in that yeah. regard. Yeah. Which then also just changes the way I think about the production of those videos. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to just upload more. Like I also wanted to really focus on the things that I think are interesting in those videos. So focusing on things like the rewatchability or the interconnectedness and also understanding that I can trust that the core audience will give something a try, even if it's just like reading a spooky story or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm really pleased, not just with, oh, there's been more videos over the past 18 months, but I'm also really pleased with the variance in those videos. They're more different from each other than in a previous 18 month period. And without a doubt, again, Year of Clarity has helped me kind of focus on that and realize like making and consistently working on the videos and uploading those videos is the thing that keeps me the most happy. And it is also the thing that has the biggest impact on the outside world. It's, it's the, you know, it's the thing that the most people see by a huge margin it's the thing that affects the the business revenue so I can pay myself and I can pay all the people that I work with. Mm -hmm. So it's like clearly the epicenter of everything that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was really well-timed to have a year where it's like thinking back to past Gray, I know that he wanted to do a bunch of new things, but I'm again, strangely grateful that I had a year that constrained me to focus on just the the core of everything which is the the youtube channel yep so yeah i mean that's that's part of it and then i mean just on the other half of it is i feel like i've come out of this quarantine better than when i went into it yeah. and that's professionally in terms of video production and also just i'm pretty sure i'm in the best physical shape of my life i saw a picture of you the other day oh yeah and i agree you look great <laughs> thanks mike you look really good you look young <laughs> Like you look like you've you've gone backwards. I don't know what this thing has done to you, but yeah, you look great, man. Yeah, I, t I took a painting, so I, I painted a portrait of myself that will get older as I get younger, and so that's uh, that's another thing I learned in my you know you got to pick up a hobby over quarantine, and that's that's been one of mine. Finally, you found the link, right? <laughs> yeah, I found I found the link. But again, like that's a that's a side effect of. And you can hear me in the previous year talking about it of really the the pandemic and, and lockdown making me take exercise as as I the phrase I kept using is like deadly seriously. Yeah. Like this is this is incredibly important. You can't blow it off and creating for myself a home gym. And there's a trick that I've done this year which has I'm still I'm still with you here Mike like I don't like exercise it's not fun. Mm -hmm. But what's different with this is in previous times I've had exercise be a regular 
regular like part of my week and I've gone long stretches where I've I've maintained exercise but what I've done here is I've made exercise a part of my day in the same way that brushing my teeth is part of the day mm-hmm. and it's I really think it's made a huge difference and in particular the thing that I've I've done is I I hate morning exercises like it's never worked for me that like again those people who get up and they're like oh i'm gonna run two miles before i start work yeah, it's always get annoying. Real sweaty before <laughs> yeah exactly before starting the day sounds great. yeah but the thing that does work for me which has turned it into no matter what happens in the day you've made some progress on this so i get up i have my normal wake-up routine brush my teeth and then before starting the writing work I do one set of like one exercise mm-hmm. and that's it. It's like seven minutes tops, but it's just one thing. And with the, with using weights, like I find that is genuinely effective, at least for that one muscle group. And I've been doing this, this daily one morning exercise, as I think of it, like every day for basically this entire time. And yeah, sometimes days get busy and I don't get to the full workout that I want to do later. But this this has really, again, cemented this as part of my life. Like, this is part of the wake-up routine. It's just something that you do. The day hasn't really started yet. You can always take seven minutes in the morning to do one exercise. Like, you know, you're never that pressed for time. And, you know, this this, again, fell out of having the time to really try to think about okay even when i'm at home and i have exercise equipment at home what are the obstacles that get in the way of sometimes doing the exercise and feeling like i have solved this problem and i have now turned at least some portion of exercise into basically toothbrushing so that's i feel like this is this is my review of of the year of clarity never has a fuzzy wuzzy theme been better matched with circumstances and i also don't expect that ever again will a theme be more well matched with circumstances in my entire life i did want to ask you obviously one of the big work milestones or markers in your year was our old friend the tikoi incident how did the year of clarity help you navigate that uh yeah it it totally was involved in that decision making process year of clarity also trickled down to some of the internal business stuff. Mm-hmm. So there were sort of like clarity sub goals that I discussed with my assistant, uh, you know, for what we wanted to do business wise. And again, which we've achieved really well together. But when the, the Tikoi incident came up, this was also another one of these cases of, you know, especially in like the first 24 hours after I realized, oh, there's this catastrophic error in the, in the video. The question of how to handle that, again, is not immediately obvious. And it's also not clear because you're trying to make a judgment of how bad is this error? You know, how, what, what is the appropriate level of responding to this? And without a doubt, Year of Clarity just I thought about it a bunch and it just helped think about sure we could leave a comment and that would be mostly fine for just about everyone about like oh the type of missile was wrong but 
again, this is where things are just the amorphous and fuzzy and year of clarity means something internally, but it felt totally right that the actual correct response was to drop everything and try to emergency rush a, a video describing the whole situation in two weeks. And I'm really glad we did that. You know, in the end, I'm, I'm being able to look at that video now with a little bit of distance. I'm, I'm happy with the way it came out. I feel like it does do a really good job of explaining, like, here's what happened and here's, here's what we're thinking about. It made that more obviously the right decision mm. in the framework of like, what is the clearest possible thing to do in, in this situation? But again, you know, you can argue that without the theme, you may not have been able to approach that so well. Because this is one of those things where, you know, like having an, an error in a video, which is obviously, it's, a thing, it's an important thing for you. It's the thing that you want to never happen because it's, you know, it goes against what, what you're trying to produce, right? You don't want errors. Because I'm your friend, I poke fun at you a little bit of it because it feels like to me on the outside, the error that you made is not that bad. But I, know, I understand that it doesn't matter how big or small the error is. An error that changes part of what you were saying is something you never want to occur, right? Like it's, otherwise, you wouldn't bother putting so much time into the research. It's like, why put so much time into the research if, you, if, if you're okay with having errors? You know, you may as well just rush these things out there. But there's an interesting thing where with things like this, things that seem so large to people who are independently creative, is inside of a large company, there's like a process. Someone can tell you what to do. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you made the error. Oh, we'll go talk to Mandy. Mandy's got it all sorted out. She can give you the the two-step plan to fix this problem or like mm -hmm. ultimately there was an error and someone's going to be mad at you but like whatever mm -hmm. it's not going to affect the corporate wheel that much these are these types of situations that occur where it's like you have to work out how to handle this yourself and no one can help you you yeah. have to do it and and being in that mindset the clarity mindset must have been very good for you to deal with something that is really important to you and is kind of the first time that something like this has happened. You do tease me about it. And, there, and every time you bring that up, I always, I always feel this, this immediate reason of like, but Mike, let me explain to you why this is a perfect storm, right? It's, yeah. it's not just that it's an error. Like, let me explain, here's the five reasons why like this error is a catastrophic error, right? Which again is the whole point of the video that exists. Mm -hmm. Again, for the, for the people who listen to us talk and are interested in, in the, the self-employment part of that this is also the thing that is the biggest burden and the hardest part about being self-employed and the thing that you just you just can't internalize as an employee until you're out all on your own and it's like oh it is entirely on my shoulders mm -hmm. and even if i'm working with other people like it's still ultimately like this is where this is where all the responsibility lies and yeah i mean it's funny that you you mentioned about like oh the mistake stuff because it, it it does immediately cast my mind back to you know when i worked as a teacher and I, I would make a mistake or something would go wrong and yeah you're right there's some process or whatever or someone is unhappy with you and then you leave the meeting and it's like okay but nothing happens right someone mm -hmm. was just annoyed at me for 10 minutes and and life goes on yep but when you're doing something on your own it's like you do, you just you have no idea the the variance of all possible outcomes is enormous <laughs> and so mm -hmm. 
yeah, it, it did, it did really help with that. And, you know, and, and also just in some of the postmortem stuff, like it's definitely helped in some of the fixing the workflow and adjusting the way things work and going like, okay, how can we make sure to minimize the possibility of this kind of thing happening again? I wouldn't want the Tikoi incident to happen in a different year mm. because it also, again, like just the sort of luck of it is I was able to just, well, this is the next two weeks of my life is 100% is going to be just spent on, on this and like, go, go, go. You didn't have any events. <laughs> yeah. You weren't somewhere you didn't want to be. Yeah. There's no, there was yeah. no conference. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, this, this is also why, you know, this sounds like a fantasy land from a, from a previous uh, life. I have YouTube friends who I know they will just schedule videos to upload at, at the time that they want to. And if, they're going to be on a plane or whatever. Like, like that's what happens. And, and I always feel like, <laughs> how can yeah. you do that? Like <laughs> Our CMS has a scheduling system, right? <laughs> and I can publish episodes whenever I want to based on that. I, nev I never use it. Yeah. It <laughs> I never will publish something unless I am ready to publish it and I'm able to sit and just make sure it's all good. Yeah, no. I, I I totally get it. Yeah, and and uh, and this is this is reinforced that of like, don't don't upload a video right before you're going into a con a conference. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, you know. But again, that's from a, a fantasy world that doesn't currently exist anymore. But still, again, it's it's why it's why things lined up. Like there wasn't any other distractions. Mm -hmm. It's also a side effect of. We can get to this later. I probably did it too many times this year, but it is also like, why is it that this year there's, there's not only more videos, but there were more timely videos than in other years. And it's, it's again, the same thing of like, mm. there's a lot of space this year. There's very few interruptions. If I wanted to make the call of, I'm going to spend seven days on the Supreme court. I could just make that call and, and go like there just there yeah. just weren't other interruptions. And so the shape of many projects, at least at their start, which we'll get into later, uh, was very clear this year. OK, it's going to be interesting to see what you are realistically able to bring from 2020 forward. I think that's going to be an interesting thing over the next couple of years. How are you actually able to, if at all, realistically bring the year of clarity? into other more normal times yeah yeah we're not gonna know this i'm just intrigued to see if or how this one can realistically be carried over yeah i agree the, the one the one thing i will say is as we discussed like ideally one of the things that happens with themes or for the ones that particularly are resonant with you is they just become part of the way that you think about things yep. and with year of clarity you know, it, it's it's time has come and it's time, I, I think, is ebbing in some way. But without a doubt, there's I feel like I just have a much stronger sense of I don't even know how, quite how to put it, but like decisions should not only be like logically correct, they should also just intuitively make sense and be clear. I feel like I've become much more attuned to like hesitation over decisions mm. and recognizing like there's something here that I haven't clarified. And yes, this decision is like logically correct. You've got it all on the piece of paper, but I'm, I'm like more sensitive to like slight hesitation somewhere in the system and being like, 
what is that? Like, let's let's figure out what this. There's some part of this that like I haven't fully unraveled, and I think that's one way in which Year of Clarity is going to carry with me. Is is it's hard to articulate, but yeah, I, f- I feel more sensitized to the decision making process in a way that I I not that I wasn't before, but I'm just much more aware of. So that, I mean that that's what I would say, but. Yeah, you're you're overall right that this is hopefully not a reproducible year. Yes. And so it may have fewer applications to the near future. But maybe that's not important though, right? Because yeah. maybe the work that you've done in 2020 has laid a foundation, you know, stabilizing the business in certain ways, which you were already going to do irrespective of 2020 and mm-hmm. how it went. Uh, pay dividends in the long run so you might not need to be in isolation for nine months to still have benefit from the work that you've done this year this episode of cortex is brought to you by squarespace make your next move with squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project they give you all of the tools that you need to put whatever you want online you can register a fantastic unique domain name customize beautiful award-winning templates and so much more Squarespace have award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help when you're setting up your website, they are there for you. But it's so easy to do because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install, nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And it's so easy to get started. In fact, you can get started with a free trial of your own right now by going to squarespace.com cortex. You can go in and build your entire website from scratch yourself, no matter what type of website it is that you are looking to make. Whether you want to make a store, a portfolio, a blog, a site for your business, a site for an upcoming virtual event, no matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace has the tools. And once you've got everything set up, it's so easy to go in and change stuff. When I wanted to create a website for the theme system that went through and explained how you use the journal and all that kind of stuff, I used Squarespace to do it. So easy. And a couple of days ago, I went and updated some of the imagery, updated some of the text. I just went onto the site, clicked what I needed, uploaded the new images, moved things around as I wanted. So easy. I could do it all in the web browser. I could do it all in the iPad app. Fantastic. Now, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you get that free trial with no credit card required but going to squarespace.com slash cortex. But once you've gone through and set everything up and you want to sign up for that plan to show the world your wonderful work, you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show with the offer code cortex. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash cortex and the code cortex for 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of real AFM, Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. So I abandoned my original 2020 yearly theme in July to respond to how my life had drastically changed during the pandemic. Mm. I think pretty much any other year I would have been able to carry on my theme. Mm. But the problem was my original theme, the year of refinement in 2020, was mostly focused on taking my foot off the gas yeah right which was just from a work perspective just not a thing that i was able to do Mm -hmm. in 2020 so uh in episode 104 of cortex i provided the the review of my original yearly theme and then set my new yearly theme so if you want to hear my review of the year of refinement to that point you can go and check out that episode and it's it's there for you to listen to yeah i mean we can still 
pour one out for the year of refinements. Yeah, we don't know what episode. we're pouring out though, because we never got to learn about the wine. So. <laughs> oh god! And, and yes, I have been bumping <laughs> on a introduction to wine tasting course that Stephen bought mm. me for my birthday. I have been bumping <laughs> that down the line for the last year. It's like, why don't we do it in two months' time? Why don't we do it in two months' time? Oh, that's, I had that's to pay awful. fifteen pounds to extend it past the year. Because it was like a voucher, right? <laughs> right. And they were like, look, we usually don't extend them, but it, but obviously, you know, what we're going to do, uh, mm. could you pay us a little bit? I was like, fine, right? I'll give you 15 quid and then we'll do it sometime in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it was heartbreaking and bizarre to hear you talk about your refinements on the 2020 show. Just, yep. just, just again, it's, it's like, I don't know. It it was like listening to a little flower describe the the glorious future that it's going to have as you can see a steamroller slowly moving toward it in the distance. I couldn't listen to it. I think that's fair. So I, I, I listened back fair. to the episode like you did. And when I got to that point, I stopped. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a good decision. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. Basically, so I set up the year of shift instead. So, mm-hmm. you know, I realized that I was in a position where I had to adapt. And I had mm-hmm. to change a bunch of stuff in my work. And the challenges of a world-changing event put a lot of stress into my work life. And yeah. it was, you know, this is not a thing that I would normally do, but it was just these things don't come along very often. And I had to adapt. I needed a new theme. I couldn't just pause my theme or say, oh, like, I'll just take some elements of it. I had to go back to the beginning again and set a new one. Mm. And so I, I break my theme down into like a bunch of little things that I would like to focus on. None of them goals so much, but just how the the themes come to be. So the year of shift had a bunch of sections, and one was to shift the business model of Relay FM to focus on our new membership program. And this has gone so well. Um, mm. It was an incredible amount of time and effort over basically a six-month period. I mean, I think I've said it on this show already but i'll just say it again because it's it's worthwhile for the recap is both me and my co-founder steven have said that we have not worked so hard since we launched the company yeah, um, over yeah. A, a crunch period of time and it was needed because being able to get the membership in place and revamp it to what it was and give all the benefits in, including like the membership bonus shows with the bonus content and having our discord and all that stuff it took a lot from technical messaging and content but it able it provided us with like a new baseline that we could build from and and financially provided me a bit more security in a time of uncertainty which honestly it continues right like mm. uh, advertising continues to be uncertain yeah and so having not just a new baseline from the support from our members but also a kind of pressure release valve of if things got really bad again we have something that Mm -hmm. we can lean on um and and being able to have that in place provides much more uh relief for us yeah i I think the you know people who are not in or adjacent to the industry you know may not be aware but yeah the 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 whole world of advertising and all of the content that it provides is just 
it's it's been a hell of a variant year mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that that's why, like, you did so much work to get that membership up and running to, yep. be, to be like this this foundation upon which Relay can stand. Like, I, I still can't believe how quickly and you were able to get it to roll out at all. Like, it was, it was just... I can't imagine the the time that you put in to make it happen. Yeah, it was a big it was a big event for us to to do it. And you know, what was really important to me, which I feel like we've delivered from is that there was a value exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, like we already had a system that provided content once a year, you know, like in our kind of our text adventure specials and that kind of stuff. And we could have lent on that and said like, look, this is a difficult time. We're unsure what the future holds and we'd appreciate your support. We could have done that. But I wanted to be able to provide more value in exchange for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have succeeded on that. You know, So the shows that I'm really working hard on for the membership, the shows that have defined membership stuff that I'm working on, we produce more content. Mm-hmm. which takes more work but that's what i was comfortable with you know just and we have done you know the easy thing to do the thing people always ask us to do is just remove the ads and give us an ad free feed and that's fine but i still i it felt better it felt more right to me to then also have more content mm. like that's what has always felt right to me is that it's the balance of those things like you don't have to hear the ads anymore because you're giving us money and what I can give you is content. That's what, that's what I quote unquote sell always, right? And it took a lot and it continues to take a lot, but I'm very happy with it. And like similarly, so another thing that I wanted to do was to shift my focus more to content over business. So like thinking about like the thing that I love to do and the thing that I think I'm best at is helping produce the content, not necessarily like just running a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to see how I could start to spread that out more over the last half of the year. And what I'll say is I've definitely spent more time in 2020 focusing on making content the best it can be. And I want to continue doing that, but I haven't handed anything off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was wondering about that yeah. part of it and how you, how you felt like that's gone. <laughs> um, it's too soon. Okay. For me. because. The thing that I hadn't accounted for is that I wouldn't be able to let anything go very easily. Okay. And I think that that time is still to come, mm-hmm. but we need more stability again. And that's going to be in the future. So your assessment is like, this is not a good time to be cutting projects. No. Okay. No. I th- I think that makes sense. So, like, you know, really the things that are occurring are the things that were already happening, you know. So, like, one of the things I wanted to do and to continue to do and the thing that is happening is that I deal less with advertising sales. And that has been a thing that's been moving along for- forever as we have a mm-hmm. sales manager. She's better than me and she handles most of the new business now. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at kind of applying that thinking into other parts of the business. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a good goal, and it just like I wanted to move along that path. That has not happened at all, and all I've really done is add more in, 
which you know I'm spending more time on producing yeah. the content than I ever have, and I haven't decreased anything. So I think that there is still a desire to rebalance this, but I don't know when that's going to be. I I don't have a plan for that, and I'm fine with that for now. Yeah, I I think this is this is also just another example of circumstances change, mm. and yeah, if if you're creating a new value proposition for people to pay money for content this is the time where it's like yeah you're going to be spending more time creating that mm-hmm. and yeah it, it, again it's 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 why I like that i think that, i think your shift to the shift theme was great and i'm glad that you recognized that it was a thing that you needed to do because it yeah like it couldn't be more at odds with what needed to happen than the previous theme. And I feel like this, this is a good example of it of like, you know, like you said, you haven't worked as hard since the, the founding of the company and that makes sense for this year. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's how things are sometimes I do like as your co-host and as your friend, I, I do hope that you are able to, relinquish some more responsibilities at some point in the not too distant Mm. future but yeah i I think it would be very ill-advised to have done that this year i think i've learned something about myself this year i think that the pandemic has and like the way that i've worked through it has really shone a light on part of my personality which is that i can't let go Okay. And and that's something I know I need to work on. Hmm. So what I'll tell you one way this is manifested. I have not taken a day's vacation since January. Okay, yeah, that's that's too many days. Uh <laughs> yeah. even for a busy year, that's that's too many work days in a row. I have not taken a day off where I should have been working, you know, like right. yeah. Which is what I would do in the past. It's like, you know, I'm going on vacation, so I'll move stuff around for a week or um, I'm traveling, so we'll need. I'll need to like have someone else fill in for me, or I'll skip an episode or something. Mm-hmm. I've not done any of that, and this year I have also not been very good at observing weekends at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason this has happened is because I have not done it. Right, like mm-hmm. I have decided, no, I cannot, and that is how I have felt. I cannot, I cannot take a day off. Right. And that is not good. And I know it's not good, but there's nothing I can do about it right now. And unfortunately, there are two times this year where I've tried to take a vacation and work has pulled me back in again. So we are now at the end of the year (laughs) and I haven't done it. Luckily, Christmas is going to give me that time. Um, Good. I will be taking a week off over Christmas, which is something that we always have done. And it was just a case of like, we plan to take the Christmas week off every year, so all the shows were already blocked off on the calendar. I, everyone else is expecting they wouldn't be working, so maybe mm. I'll just do five monologues for a week, but <laughs> I, you know, maybe I'll just take that week off. Right. I think the only day off that I've had, thinking about it, was, was Thanksgiving Day, but I only shifted the work back to the Saturday and Sunday. Like, you know. Right. And I only had Thanksgiving Day off because no one was around to work. <laughs> right. I was going to say, because all of your coworkers are American. Yeah, I had no choice. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of the, like, the unhealthy situation that I put myself in this year by doing this. 
Yeah. But I also just felt like I there was never a point where I could have pulled myself away. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to argue against you there, right? Uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to poo-poo you about like, oh, you should, you should take more weekends off. Like yep. this much more so than, you know, for you than for me because of your industry, like you had to have a real crunch here. And there's just, there's just no way around that. And that happens sometimes. Well, like, I could have decided not to, but I wasn't willing to, to roll the dice on that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and, and I, I, I think I would, I would have viewed that as, as, as a, I don't quite want to say irresponsible, but I would have felt like it, that would be a bad set of dice to roll. Like mm-hmm. the, the trade-offs here don't make, don't make sense. And, and so I'm just glad to hear that, you know, coming to the end of 2020, you're at least recognizing this situation and recognizing. Because well, I'm yeah. so fucking tired, Gray. Like, I really am so tired. Like, in a way that is not, I'm sleepy. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm at the edge of burning out here, you know? Right. Like, I know it's there. And you'll hear my 2021 theme, like, you'll hear in it, a man who's aware of it. Okay, good. Because good. there's just been a lot of stuff where like I'm getting to the the end of my rope, as my name would say, with it. Like where it's just like I've I've reached the maximum that I can live my life this way. But I just cannot see like lots of people who are smarter than me and who know me better than I know myself will tell me that I should have taken a break this year but I will argue against all of them because I just could not have done it. There's mm-hmm. not just my livelihood. There's lots of people's livelihoods at stake at the, over this last year and we've gotten through it. And I, I cannot see a way in which it would have been to use the word that you said, like responsible of me to not have my hands on the wheel constantly. It's, and I know that there are people listening to this show who I'm sure who have been in the exact same boat as me. Like lots of business owners, I'm sure, have had a very, very different year trying to navigate this stuff because it's like, you know, like more bad stuff happened in a four-month period than like three years. Yeah. Worth of bad stuff. Like, it was just, you know, March to May was a bloodbath. It was just horrible. And going through that, knowing that at any point it could happen again, I just felt like I, I had no choice for my own sanity mm-hmm. <laughs> to not be on, switched on constantly. And yeah. I, look, I know I'm starting to pay the price for it a little bit now, but I am happy to take that than to have been in a situation where things could have gotten really bad, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah, and and again, like I I agree with you. Like you know, knowing some of what you knew about the industry at, at that point in time, like you were right to make this call. Mm-hmm. And I, and also know it's not a way to live my life. Yeah, and I can I'm sure I'll be able to look back at this time and be like, ah, uh, so that was when 
I started to change my life again. Mm-hmm. And, and I see this as a point to enable me to do that, but I had to get through it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so other things that I wanted to shift. I wanted to shift my own approach to finances a little bit, just personal stuff, thinking about like what savings are, what my retirement is, like all those boring things. Right. But when you are put in a situation where you're like, oh boy, am I going to lose it all? Uh, you, <laughs> you kind of like you try and be a little bit more responsible. Yeah, when the finance tree gets shook by yeah. the by the winds of global change, yeah. you start looking around and thinking, "Hmm, how <laughs> prepared are we for this?" Yeah, just a thing to think about. And also, I wanted to shift my mental energy to get back to learning some new things. So when I had downtime, when I had space. What was I doing? And this came from the sense of like, everything outside is so horrible. Stop looking at that when you have any spare time Mm. and try and look at new things, find new things to occupy yourself. So more text listeners and subscribers will know that I had a brief flirtation with trying to learn programming. I was wondering if you were going to mention that here. Did not go well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a very that was an arc for a few months that went away because i found other things that i liked more yeah yeah i i, I think i think the the programming 2020 was not fertile ground Mm-mm. for that project yeah but but also I, I think yeah you you immediately found other things that you like more yeah and it it made it made sense to shift your attention very quickly to those things yeah so, like, this is one thing that has kind of been out for my whole year is I've found a sport that I enjoy, which is Formula One. I cannot believe this. Okay, okay. So, when I was listening to uh, our old episode, yeah, you know, and, and just, like, hearing what we're talking about, and when you mentioned you were starting to get into F1 last year, yeah. that was one of those things that I mentally chalked up as a 100%. There's no way Mike is still following F1 I'm now. Like, there's there's time, no way it. that's going to be the case. I absolutely love it. I love it. That's, <laughs> I can't believe it. So if I had good. to bet money on one thing, I would have bet that the F1 was no longer around. I can't believe it. Oh, <laughs> man. It's so good. It's so good. It's something that me and Adina really enjoy together. That's amazing. And we're just really into it. Like, we love the races. We love following the drama between the races. Do you have a team that you follow? Who's your home car team? It's because it's it's been, like, my first year. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of... I've moved around a lot, and I'm more focused on particular drivers than teams. Okay. People will hate this, but I, 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 do, I really love Lewis Hamilton. Like... And the reason people will hate that is because he's the best. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but appre- I, I really appreciate him as a competitor and also as a, like a role model. He's really kind of come into his own this year in a lot of really great ways. Plus, it's like it's quite incredible to have started watching this sport at the year where he has started to break all the records for being the greatest of all time. Oh, okay. Good timing, then. It's quite a time to come into a sport when you can watch someone who is the best at the top of their game. Right. So that's been a very fun thing for me, and it's one of the reasons that I really enjoy watching him. And there's a few other people, like there's a guy called George Russell, who I really like. And there's there's a lot. Basically, we've come into a year where there's just a lot going on. 
I really, really recommend the Netflix documentary Drive to Survive. It's like a, this is why we got into it. My friend Austin recommended that we watch this documentary because he loves F1. And that's also been cool because we, we've been sharing it together too. And we spend a lot of time talking about it together as well. So, yeah, it's just been a really nice thing for me this year, like a nice new thing to get into. So, I really love that. But the, my biggest, biggest new hobby this year is keyboards. Into them keyboards. You become a keyboard maniac. Uh, The custom mechanical keyboard world is a world that I have dove into big time, but we're not going to talk about it yet. We're going to talk about it later in the episode. Okay. The last thing in my year of shift was to, quote, shift product creation for Cortex brand. That had a very specific meaning Mm -hmm. that I didn't really get into. Mm -hmm. It has taken a ton of work. And I guess we can talk about what that means now, right? Yes. Theme System Journal. Second Second edition. edition. I have been working on this since April. Actively. Yes. Every day. It has been something in the works for months before then. Um, I think probably in kind of January, we put the work in in creating the new artwork that would go in the journal if you would call it that so like Mm. the actual what it would look like but then the production the creation of the product has been a daily task since april to now you can go to cortexmerch.com right now and buy your own second edition theme system journal it's finally here it is finally here oh my god it's finally here So, (laughs) I want to dive into what we've done with this. So, one of the things that hasn't changed is the system that underpins the journal. So, the journal itself is still broken down into three main sections. You have your yearly theme pages, where you outline the theme that you've chosen, which I'm sure you will have chosen either by now or maybe just after listening to this episode, once you've got that inspiration from our themes. You then have your journal pages, which is where you spend time reflecting on your day. Uh, so you write down like how you're thinking, how you're feeling. And then your daily themes pages, which is where you keep track of some prompts that keep you on course with your theme. There is more to the system than this. If you're new to the theme system, go to thethemesystem.com where we outline in more detail what each of those sections are and how you can use them to help create a real kind of daily reflection of your yearly theme. And this has been something that, I mean, I've been using every day now for multiple years at this point because I'd created the system before there was a journal, right? Mm -hmm. And this idea of having this book, which I come to every day, where I write down kind of what the good things in my day were, what the bad things in my day were, what I'm thinking about, what's on my mind, and then go and kind of like check off, like have I made uh, progress in these eight things this this day? has been a very useful thing. And, and I would say f- for me this year, once I changed my theme to the year of shift and going in every day and being like, am I moving the needle on these things that are important? It has continued to be like a really, really great thing for me this year. So I really encourage people to go and check this out. If you have a theme or if you have a theme that you're working on, the journal is a great way to make it a part of your everyday. 
Yeah. You want to externalize your thoughts in some manner and having this structure to help keep bringing you back to the theme is incredibly helpful. Mm -hmm. I've always said like journaling is just so it's so effective. It's shocking how well this can work to just revisit in an external way. That's not just in your head thoughts that you want to revisit and if you've never tried it if you like i I just incredibly strongly recommend that you give it a shot like get a theme journal you know it's it's a new dawn at 2021 and i i think this this can be an incredibly helpful way to direct the ship of your life going forward now, for people that have tried the journal out before or for people that are interested in what is different, I want to talk about some of the things that we've done. So we've made some slight modifications to the printing on the pages to basically make these areas of the book the best that they can possibly be. So for the journal pages, we've added an additional data box at the top of the page. This is where I write down what pens I'm using every day. Um, <laughs> but it's just like a really thin box that goes across the top. It's like one little piece of information. I thought like you could put the weather in there. You could put a song that you're listening to in there, a quote, something like that. This is like a nice little, just a thin piece of information. We've also numbered the pages now. Previously, we were like working on a system of having just you write your own numbers in if you wanted to. And I get why people wanted numbered pages rather than writing their own page numbers. Mm. We've now found a way to make that work. There are, there's a lot of considerations you have to make about printing to allow for page numbering. It's kind of a weird thing, but I found a way to make it work so the pages are now numbered if that's the thing that's important to you. And on the daily theme pages, this is where you kind of track your little things for the day. We've now added more rows and more columns so each double page spread lets you track 15 days. We have six of these, so you can track 90 days in total, which now matches with the journal pages. So each book is good for 90 tracked days. So depending on how often you're tracking or how often you're journaling, it can last you anywhere from like three to six months and maybe more. It took a lot of work to try and work out what the optimum number is, and I went with 15. So... If you do 15 days per double page spread, you can do basically two weeks if you track every day, three weeks if you track every work day, and it's also a quarter of a season. But the biggest changes for the second edition is the fact that we went back to the literal drawing board with the book itself. It is made completely differently. The book is now made in Europe, which has made the making of the book a lot easier for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've got to say, talk, talking to you about it, you know, you know, this has clearly made one of the biggest differences in in just the just the feedback time for going between yep. iterations. Yeah, and also I've had a lot of physical prototypes made, and right. I can have them the next day. It's magic getting a next day delivery. <laughs> so the prototyping stages have been really important for me because what the, I guess the key difference here is. Our first edition, uh, we were working with our very good friends, Tom and Dan at Studio Neat, who make a selection of incredible products from uh, accessories for your technology products to the, some of my favorite pens and paper out there. The System second edition, it was all me. So I made every decision. <laughs> I worked with all of the suppliers. I'd, I basically felt like I was at a point where this is always what I wanted to do. I wanted to be the person who made all of the decisions. And 
I needed the expertise and I've got to that point. So I chose every paper we're using. I chose all the production. I did the whole thing. That's one of the reasons why it took from April to December (laughs) because we started again. It's a huge accomplishment. And when we were talking about the, you know, the journal, you know, the the idea of it uh, years ago now, who Mm. even knows? Mm. This to me was always one of the really important things about this as a product is, is like, this is where I want you to express your pickiness in the physical form of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I wanted you to be completely happy with the paper and the design and the way it feels and all, like all of the little intangibles that someone who is deeply familiar with the whole pen and notebook world is sensitized to. And, you know, for, for this second edition, like the amount of work that you've, put into it is is just it's inconceivable it's, it's a it's a huge amount of work yeah. that, that you've done on this and it, it's come out amazing yeah i've been using some variation of the second edition since may so like as we've been prototyping it i have been using the prototypes i i was i think surprising the uh, print company that we were working with because this isn't i found out this is not normal to <laughs> prototype and continue to prototype so frequently you know it would be like okay i would choose a paper we'd have a prototype made and i was like "Ah, i'm not so sure i want to try this paper and they would send me the new paper and they'd be like are we done now like no no we need to prototype (laughs) that paper and i kept doing it multiple times and it was quite confusing to them and i don't i'm not sure why it was but you know (laughs) i was never happy with just okay so we're now going to use this paper and then we'll just go ahead and make it. It's like, no, I, I want the book in that paper. Yeah. I've found so many interesting things this year, like about the way that the paper products um, and how paper reacts to the way in which it's printed. So the prototyping process would never give me the, the actual final version. So the machines that they use for prototyping are not the same machines that they use for mass production, which makes sense because yeah, makes a lot sense. of the cost in producing paper goods is using the machine, right? Like the, the, if you make 1,000, it's not double the price of 500. It's mm-hmm. actually a, a marginal difference. A lot of the – something that's, that's used in these industries is a lot of the cost is turning on the machine. Like that, that's what the cost is. And – there were like, you know, so I found out a lot of the different attributes that these types of prototyping machines will do to a paper to the, the final product. And yeah, it was like a lot, it was like a lot, a lot, a lot of iteration. And the materials in the journal are all different now. So the paper, the paper was the thing that took the longest. It was months of samples and then prototyping those samples. And I think that we've landed on something that feels more luxurious. So. The paper is thicker than it was before, which was something that was really important to me, um, which has made the book itself thicker. It's made the book more substantial feeling. And I have lots of different pens, and this journal will stand stands up to all of them. It will take all of them. Um, thicker pens, thinner pens, different types of inks. Um, I'm really happy with what I consider to be just an excellent all-round paper. Um, I'm very, very pleased with it. And this is the thing that I fretted over the most because it was important to me. One thing I did not want to do as Mike Hurley, 
one half of the Pan Attic podcast was <laughs> put his name on a book that was not made of great paper. And right. it was it was like, you're staking your reputation on this kid. You better do it right. <laughs> and and I'm really happy with where we've ended up with it. Yeah, I mean again, I I think the listeners can hear it, but this is this is a journal that is made with a lot of sweat and <sighs> a lot of love. Yeah. And it, it it's also I mean you say it there very quickly, but I I think it's just an indication of yes, most manufacturers are not used to a client who wants to do many revisions over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I have the journal in my hands, like the latest edition of it. And I think the effort that you have put in, in all of those little decisions that most manufacturers designing a, a journal don't spend that amount of time on, like it, it really comes through and it, and it shines through the, the journal itself. Like it's, it is the, some of a very large number of small decisions and it came out great thank you the cover is really great so we're using a thicker more durable more premium feeling cover it retains its beautiful debossing and also the binding process was was really important for me to keep which is basically when you open the notebook it will lay flat at any point Mm. Um, this is something that's actually quite difficult to do, but I'm really pleased we we're able to do it. And now the 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 cover it's, itself is thicker. Uh, the book more easily stays closed on its own as well, which I like. And one of the other things from using the original journal, and we got a lot of feedback from this from the Cortexans who got it, and also from just myself in using it, was trying to come up with some system of bookmarking. Mm. And we tried to add a ribbon to the old book design, and, and that was really complicated in ways that I never would have imagined. And so we came up with a system that I much prefer, which is every page, the corner of each page is perforated with this really large perforation that makes it very, very easy to pull off the corners of the pages. And the perforation is also rounded, but as you tear off each corner of the page, when you look at the the... It's not the spine, but the opposite of the spine. (laughs) When the book is closed and you look at the page edge, as you're pulling off the pages, it almost starts to look like a progress bar through the season. Yeah. And I love this detail. So not only can you very easily find where you are as your next day in the book, but as you look at the physical book, you get to see your progress through the theme, through your year. And I think that that has come out to be one of my very favorite things about the second edition. It makes it quite novel, and, and I really love that a lot. Yeah, I, I also think it's such a such a great solution to a problem that's not what you were looking for. Like, you know, you want you want a bookmark, but you come up with something better, which is this the the progress bar of the theme over the season. It's it's really lovely. So yeah, that is the second edition of the Theme System Journal. Uh, it is available right now. It's really real. Like this, this day is finally here. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of can't believe it at this point. I know <laughs> we have more of these in stock than we've ever had before, but I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea how we could even have enough stock for six months or six weeks. We never know. With this, we never know. We have ordered the most we've ever ordered because this is the time of the year that people want them the most for good reason. Yes. Now is the time to go and buy one. Go to cortexmerch.com and you can pick up a theme system journal, second edition for yourself right now. They are in stock and ready to ship. So if you check it out, we really appreciate it. And I hope that if you do pick up one of these, 
Not only will it help you with your year, I hope that you'll be able to tell how much work went into it. I want to reiterate that I'm a big believer in this idea of themes for your year. I, I think it is by far one of the, the biggest impact things you can possibly do for the least amount of effort. So if you are thinking about it at all, I really suggest you give the theme system journal a try. Do it to express your gratitude for the tremendous amount of work that Mike has put in and do it for yourself for the, like I said, the dawn of a new year for uh, a way to a way to improve things. And also for the Cortex listeners, just to let you know, like, yes, Mike and I have put in a very big order of journals, um, but I am going to promote this on my YouTube channel uh. at some point. <laughs> so I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. right now, if you want a journal, now is the time to buy them to make sure that you get a journal. Because <laughs> we, look, Vera, we legitimately have no idea what that's going to mean. We don't know what that's yeah. going to mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't have any idea. Yeah. Like, are, you know, are the YouTube viewers as interested in the journal as the Cortex listeners? I have no idea. But I am just saying, like, if you're listening to this episode right now, and you think, yeah, I want a journal. You should get a journal right now. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Fitbod. Fitbod is the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan, a fitness plan that actually fits you. Look, when it comes to fitness, Fitbod believes that everyone can be better. They can do what they want. They can achieve what they're looking for. Whether you're working out three days a week or twice a day, Fitbod's algorithm uses data and analytics to help you build on your previous workout so that your next workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. Fitbot has been fine-tuned by certified personal trainers to bring the best practices of strength training to you. Your workout program is tailored exactly to your needs, making it perfectly suited to your body, experience, environment, and goals. All of these things that are unique to you, Fitbot will help tailor that plan to fit. It can be hard to know exactly how much you should be doing while exercising, but Fitbod figures all of that out so you don't have to worry about over or under training. Fitbod will also mix up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to help keep you on top form and feeling great. You don't need to spend hours researching the best exercises and workout strategies to get the results that you're looking for. Fitbod does it for you. If you're working out at home right now, Fitbod has a bunch of bodyweight-only workouts. These are great for indoors or outdoors. But if you are able to access gym and gym equipment, they have tons of great workout options there too. They have everything that you're going to need, no matter how much equipment you have access to. They can give you the plan that you're looking for. Fitbod is also there to help you with any exercise routine you want. So something that I love is that wherever I am, whatever I want to be doing, whatever equipment I have, I can always find something that will work for me with Fitbod. One of my favorite things that they have is the Apple Watch app. So I don't have to be on my phone whilst doing the workouts. It's just already on my body. I'm using it to track my exercise anyway. And it will tell me what exercises are next. If I want to change any reps or anything like that, I can do that. So this helps keep me focused and away from distractions from my phone during workouts. If something that's in your themes this year is health-related, if you want to stay in shape, maybe you want to do something along those lines, Fitbod is a really fantastic option to help you get to where you're looking to get. 
FitBod is available on iOS and Android, and you can get started right now by going to fitbod.me slash Cortex. If you do that, you'll also get 25% off your membership. That's fitbod.me slash Cortex to try it out for free and get 25% off your FitBod membership. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of Cortex and Relay FM. All right, Gray, what is your 2021 yearly theme? And Mike, every year I feel like you want me to just dive right into it. I mean, you and can take whatever route you want to take. I'm perfectly fine just telling you this year. Oh, okay. This year is Year of the Voyage. Oh, man, that's good. Uh, see, I hate it because I really struggled with my name this year. Uh-huh. And you have such a good one. The names, the names are hard. The names are yeah, totally hard. the names hard. are hard. Sometimes, well, sometimes they're easy. Most of the time they're hard. Like sometimes yeah. the name just like, boom, right? Like Year of Shift, I was super happy with that. Mm. And it came to me really easily. This year's name was a little trickier, but. Yeah, well, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if, if you even want to talk about it now, but like, you know, we've, you know, because obviously we know we're going to be talking about the themes at the end of the year. Yeah. We never discuss what our themes actually are, but no. we have sometimes had conversations sort of about the ideas of the themes yeah. and i i knew that you were having some trouble coming up with a theme for this year which i, yeah. I think again is is no surprise and is also why like I, you know when, when we talked about it i wasn't worried either because you know i had only just settled on my idea of a theme which again is months later than it normally happens so i think it's just a it's a it's a difficult year for things to come together and, and to think about. And also then having for, for us being in the position of having a name that also has to not just mean something for us, but can, can communicate something to the listener also adds like a difficult challenge in what is the yearly theme going to be? Yeah, exactly. What I will say about that now is I really struggled until it crystallized. Oh, okay, good, good. Right, there was a point in the last couple of weeks working on this where I was like, I got it now. Mm -hmm. So, so <sighs> Year of the Voyage is different in, in several ways. One of the things about this theme for me is, you know, as we discussed, I, I think it is important that themes... It's not that they can't have a fail state, but you, you should try to design them so that they don't have a fail state. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about how this year was very unexpected. You know, we're also in a situation where, again, the variance of what next year could be is quite high. It's hard to know, like, what is the next year going to look like? And so for me, I very much wanted to have a theme that was a coin with two sides. And so the first part of that is when you were talking about how will clarity continue to be part of your life going into the future? It, it, it's interesting because yes, that is a thing that will happen. But what I really want to establish as the thing going forward in my life indefinitely is this idea of Spaceship You. Like, I, I, I think right, right. for me this year, like anyone who has listened to us talk on Cortex for years knows, like I've been talking about a lot of the ideas in Spaceship U for a long time. None of it is like, oh, I just came up with all of this stuff this year. But 
the pandemic forced me into a consolidation of a bunch of what I knew were the most important ideas in working life for me and also gave them just an incredibly solid mental framework. And so the first side of the coin is no matter what happens in the rest of the year, no matter what it looks like, you should be able to really double down on your life is Spaceship You now. That you're going to maintain this incredibly strict separation in the physical environments and really make this part of your life. Another reason for having this be year of the voyage and thinking like, this is a year's goal that no matter what happens, you're going to keep up with this concept is because I, I think like, of course, even for me, like 2020, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. Like there was one part in the year where I was feeling really down and, and we'd sort of discussed it a little bit on the show. And part of what had happened at that point in time was like, I just recognized that I had lost track of reassessment points. You know, what started in the year as like, okay, we'll lock down for two weeks and then we'll reassess in a month and then we'll reassess on July 4th. That after one of those, there was no reassessment point. And that rapidly just felt terrible. Like, oh, I guess we're just going to stay inside indefinitely there's nothing to count on the calendar like it happened very subtly without really noticing and it was also very helpful with year of clarity because it once i recognized what was going on i was able to kind of like think through the situation and realize what the problem is and so one of the things that i want to do with year of the voyage is actually set like this reassessment point one year in the future and have it be for me a little bit like how you often describe the themes as a north star mm. that like this is a this is a guiding point there's there will always be like a reassessment point no matter what happens that is next year when we discuss our themes that one of the big things will be the continuation and the deepening integration of spaceship you into my life what will you be reassessing? Well, so what I mean by reassessment point is just in the same way that lockdown has been extended a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to know we are having another year of Spaceship U no matter what happens in the external world because that concept is not intrinsically linked to lockdown. Right. That concept is much more about how do I work? And in, in this year, even, I mean, just some of the dumb stuff that we've talked about over the course of the year, like, oh, I painted my office deep blue, right? To visually separate the space. That stuff has also really contributed to doing more core work in this space. Like that has totally helped. And I feel like I've gotten much more into the projects when I'm working here. And so this is like the thing that I want to keep going and just keeping this going is a good theme for the year. 
Like, in the world of all possible variances, this is an important thing for me. Because maybe 2021 looks a lot like 2020. We don't know. Mm. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm pre-deciding now that in both of those scenarios, embodying Spaceship U is a good idea. And so when I say year of the voyage, there is a way in which that means like this is an internal voyage into the way that I maintain and think about and use the physical spaces around me to facilitate and encourage the activities that I want to do. Exercise, work, right. health, right. all the rest of it. So this is like setting the North Star. And I guess at a certain point, whether this year or the next year, part of it will be how do you take the like expedition craft out into the world, right? Like how do you move the spaceship with you if you're going somewhere else, right? Okay, yes, exactly. Now we get to the other side of the coin, which is year of the voyage. One year of lockdown was refreshing. Two is probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and so... Too much of a good lockdown. <laughs> yeah, it's too much of a good lockdown. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, one of, one of the things that was just growing on my mind as, as we came to the end of the year and thinking about, like, you know, what are the themes? What's next year going to look like? I realized that long term, I am not going to go two years without seeing my family in person. Yes. Like, I don't care what the state of the pandemic is, that is not going to happen. This is partly what I mean by like year of the voyage in some ways is the opposite of the fuzzy wuzzy year of clarity. Like, I am kind of setting myself up with a little bit of a fail state, but also this is one of these things of like, if I've ever been determined about anything, this is one of these things that I'm determined about. Like mm. I refuse to go two years without seeing my family in person. And there is almost no price to pay that it like that I wouldn't pay. Like, do I have to be in America, do the lockdown thing for two weeks and like risk getting Corona at the airport, right? Like all of this stuff, yeah. it's at some point the scales go on the other side. At time of recording, we're in a very interesting position with regards to all of that because you can be like cautiously in large caps, optimistic, yeah, lowercase italic subscript about next year with some of the things about the vaccine rolling out. And so it, it does actually throw some interesting complications into how do I think about the risk and reward of endeavoring on a trip to the United States at some point next year, if it is going to happen. It does change some of the mental calculus of like, when should that happen? And, right. and all, all of the rest of that. But it doesn't change the fundamental decision of like, it's going to happen one way or another. Yeah, because I guess when you say complication, it's like if there was no vaccine, then it's like, well, there's no 
good or bad time to go. It's always bad. I'll just go. It that's a, so. This is the funny thing. Like I decided on year of the voyage, basically two weeks before all of the positive news about the vaccine started coming out, mm-hmm. and that doesn't change my calculation, but it does. Like at time of recording, it does mentally for me push back. When does this mean? I'm yeah. like, okay, right now the correct risk reward decision is to wait until there is more information about the vaccine and how fast it's rolling out and like blah, 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 blah. That may mean pushing back the trip to later in the year does make sense. Whereas, yes, when there's no vaccine, it's like, I could go in January, right? Because there's there's no upside in waiting at all. Yep. There's just downside in that it takes longer. Mm-hmm. So that that's like the opposite side of the coin is... A very specific thing that in most years would saying like, oh, my theme is year of the voyage. And one of the things that's going to happen is I'm going to America. <laughs> I'm going to discover the foreign land. Yeah. Like it would feel like such a tiny and inconsequential yeah. thing to have part of it th- as a theme. But I actually expect like when this happens, it will probably be a big deal. It'll be the kind of thing where I have to make a lot of plans about, okay, burning maybe two weeks before and two weeks after and how does this work and if i'm in america like how do i coordinate everything that's going to happen like when the trip happens it's going to be a logistic deal no matter no matter what the situation is so that is the long term and the big term is like i will (laughs) see my family in 2021 yeah there is a smaller part of that which is the shorter term right so we have long term big term short term (laughs) <laughs> do like we this. have <laughs> tiny term no 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 like okay it's very simple it's okay. a coin there's two sides of the coin <laughs> well, there's three and, things <laughs> <laughs> right the others no no but the other side of the coin has two parts right the long term and the short term when you say like big term it's like if the coin lands on its edge by the way i haven't told you yet that there's a sub theme but we can get to that later nice uh, <laughs> i'm taking a page out of your book with, yeah. the, sub theme, with the sub theme but so for, for year of the voyage the other part of that is also i have to get out of the house more (laughs) again like i've Mm. loved lockdown more than any man on the face of the earth probably Mm -hmm. but again it's not a situation that i can have continue indefinitely like it just can't and one of the things that i have for this theme is exploring the things that are safely within my radius you know, l- last year I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to explore the world and I'm going to see all of these things and I can make videos on the interesting places that I visit. And this year I'm, I'm kind of revisiting that, but on a much smaller scale. So I definitely do want to get out of the house more. And I know myself, I need an excuse to do that. Like mm. I, I, I need a reason to do it. Yes, yes. I can't just tell myself, like, I'm going to get out of the house more because I won't. Like, I won't do it. I've lived with me long enough to know (laughs) that he needs two reasons to do a thing. One reason is never enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. What are you laughing about there, No, that's like a really beautiful way of of summing it up. I like that. Yeah, and, and so I did do, like... I did do a very tiny test of this, which is 
I did get myself a bike, which is something I haven't owned in London in like 10 years. But part of the reason I also convinced myself to get a bike was, oh, you can now go to places that are outside your walking travel radius, which is what you've been limited to for the previous year. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll film a video about those things. Maybe you'll make a video about the very fact that you got this bike. Like, I needed to give myself this excuse for the reason to get it. Mm -hmm. And just having the bike and being able to extend my travel radius has been a really nice improvement for me. So here's, okay, so here's where I'm going to like call on the Cortexans a little bit to help me out with this. Okay. Let me talk about the frustrations of being someone who runs a YouTube channel sometimes. Wait, what do you, what you, you, you sometimes run it or sometimes have frustrations? <laughs> sometimes you... have these frustrations, okay. right? So it's specific to being a YouTube channel. So keeping this in mind, I've been thinking like, okay, I've lived in London a long time and I know some of the interesting places that exist in the city and like, oh, I'm aware of interesting places that exist in England in a way that like just when you live somewhere, you, you like come across these places. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried a few times in, in thinking about how am I going to do this to reach out to places that I think, hey, wouldn't you love to have me come and make a video about your place? Oh, or I know this interesting thing is, is here. Can you just grant me access to be able to see this thing like when no one else is around? Just, just give me access to be able to film this thing and I can talk about it. And wouldn't that be cool? You know, your little museum that's open to the public or, you know, you're just, there's a million places like this in a big city that are mm -hmm. interesting places. And I cannot tell you how incredibly frustrating this is to actually try to do right. because every place that I've contacted, this is how the conversation goes. Oh man, we would love promotion. What television network are you with? Oh my God. <laughs> and I go, I am a YouTuber. And they go, oh, <laughs> right. Well, they go like, and, and from at this point, it, it, blows my mind how frustrating the conversations are or how quickly this gets shut down and they're like we would love to be able to show off this thing or like yes please come let us know the number of crew who are going to be here and I'm like no it's it's just going to be me it's going to be me and my phone and then it's it's somehow completely impossible to do mm. it's infuriating it's absolutely infuriating it's like more people than the typical television show would even command, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of these things where this is going to sound like a brag, but it's less than a brag that it sounds like, which is, yes, if I made a video about like some interesting places in the city, I know my vlogs don't get the same number of views as the animated things do, but if you are in the orbit of the entertainment world, I, I, I never don't find it shocking how low tv viewership numbers are mm -hmm. when i know someone who's involved with it with an actual tv show and they tell me like the viewership numbers i don't understand how that entire industry exists it's yep. it's shocking it's absolutely shocking well no great what it what it's just showing is how undervalued online advertising is right that's that's what it is because it's just advertising it's keeping it going 
but for some reason people find that allure of TV worth the money. I guess. I mean, I guess that that must be what it is. But yeah, so like I find myself in these weird Alice in Wonderland kind of conversations of like, I can almost guarantee you I can get more people to know about the work that you do or know about this museum or whatever, but you only want to work with TV things. Like it's Mm. just, it's maddening. Like it's totally maddening. And so, yeah, I found myself really thwarted on what were basically my first five or six ideas of, oh, I would I would make a video about this place or, oh, I would make a video about that place. And I've contacted them and they're like, we're not interested unless you're TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my call here to the Cortex audience is like, okay, listen, I know some of you live in the United Kingdom. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. If you work at a place that you think is interesting, get in touch. This, this is all I'm saying. I feel like with every one of these places, I just need an in. Like I need someone who's there to vouch, who, who, who vouches, who can vouch for this. Right. And who can be like, Oh, this guy will make an interesting video about the thing that we do here or the location that this is. And I've listened to him for years and watched his videos for years. You don't have to worry that this is like some rogue prank YouTube yeah, channel or whatever. He's not a prankster. He's not going to come in and punk us. Yeah, he's not going to like smash your vase because it's funny, right? <laughs> but yeah, like that that has that has totally been my. And, That's and so annoying. It's incredibly annoying. And like, I don't, I don't want to name any of these institutions in particular. No, let's but do like, it. Let's put them on blast. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not no, going to do kidding. it. But I've just, I've just had just some crazy exchanges where it, it 100% has the feeling of like, if someone in this room just watched my channel this would be fine and yeah, you would let yeah, this happen. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think there's something really weird and off-putting to people of like, I'm not going to be showing up with a crew. You know what it, like, I, my assumption as well, like I, I would expect for a lot of the types of places that you're trying to get in contact with and stuff, the perception of YouTubers is not good. And they heard about the person and the bad thing that they did and that's what they must all be. So we don't trust these kids and the YouTubers. Yeah, yeah. So this is like my other side of the year of the voyage is I've got to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely seeing my family. That's 100% happening. But also, I need to create reasons for me to get out of the house. Right. Because otherwise, I know me and I won't. (laughs) And so, again, no matter what happens in the world, I am fairly confident that... I can arrange safe transportation within the United Kingdom to an interesting location. Like that's, that's a totally achievable thing, you know, no matter what's going on. So what is the mechanism for, for these interesting places to get in contact with you then? Yeah. So I want you to use the contact form on my webpage. So it's cgpgray.com slash contact. That's, that's where you should go. It'll be in the show notes too. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes. I feel confident for you here because... We do not have the the largest podcast audience in the world, but we have a big one. And our audience sometimes makes me feel like the world is smaller than it is. Mm -hmm. Because there's been many times where I've said a thing or we've said a thing or we've asked for something. And somehow 
we end up finding someone. Yeah. And so I feel good for you in this because this is exactly the type of thing that surprises us a bunch. Yeah. Where like, oh, hang on a minute. This person does have a, a, an in in this place. And I think it, there's like we've spoken about it as like a selection effect and all that kind of stuff, right? That mm-hmm. there is probably an, uh, an over-indexing of the type of people that work at the type of places that you would like to visit that would also listen to this show for the same reasons that you want to go to those places. Yes, exactly. So this, this is also what I'm betting on here yeah. is the Cortex audience is not going to be a representative sample of the general population. No. If I can say so, Mike, mm-hmm. I think our audience on average is much more interesting than the general population. Oh, I would is, agree is, with that. I've I'm met very lots willing. of our audience. Yeah, it's like, there's no are. way that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the chances of those listeners working at a place that's interesting or like knowing someone who they can recommend to be like, hey, this guy is looking for projects, you know, get in touch. And so what I, what I also just want to specify with this is... Interesting is this word that I use a lot, and it's because I, I think it is a, a impossible to describe characteristic of minds. Why do people find things interesting? Impossible to say. Why is F1 interesting to you? Why did it stick in your mind? You can sort of give reasons and describe the sport or whatever, but like fundamentally, I feel like it's, it's just a thing that exists in brains. And so... When, when I say, like, I'm looking for interesting places, that is an extremely broad invitation. Some of the places I have tried to contact, I think very many people would regard as super boring, right? But it's like, I think that they're doing something interesting in this location. So what I would encourage people to say is, like, don't doubt that the place is interesting. Like, just... We've talked about rolling the dice on on this show, and and this is a case of like, I want to encourage listeners to just roll the dice and get in touch and like maybe something works out. There's nothing to lose here for either of us of just like, I sometimes don't even know what will catch my own interests. So this doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm I'm the curator of the British Museum, right? Like that is not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I am the aide to her royal highness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, no, you know, keep in mind, I'm not going to turn those down, no, right? I, but <laughs> you, if you are one of those people, you have got a leg up. But it's, you don't have to be one of those people. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, you know. Again, I I feel like I can say this to the listeners here because they're going to be familiar with like the kinds of things I've made videos about. And I think one of the favorite comments I ever receive on videos is when people say something like, I never thought I would be interested in this topic, but like, I really liked this video. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things that I cover at first glance can seem quite boring, but there's, there's actually something quite interesting about them. Just to, just to give an example of the kind of thing that I'm, th- I'm thinking of. Mike, do you know the the UK property show, Escape to the Country? Oh, my God. Yes, Gray, I know Escape to the Country. (laughs) How would you describe it for the listeners? Two retired people want to move from the city to the countryside in England. Mm -hmm. People who 
claim to be estate agents or were once estate agents in their life, but now present this television show. I guess just go online and find a selection of properties that they will then take the retired couple to go and look at in the hopes of finding them a new home. It is like white glove Zoopla or whatever, right? Like it's white <laughs> glove real estate. Uh-huh. They will then talk about it and nobody ever buys one of those houses. Well, when they do buy a house, it happens maybe one in a hundred episodes. It's yes. the most exciting thing that ever happens. And it always happens in the post-credit s- section as well. <laughs> I happened to catch an episode recently mm-hmm. of a show that was not Escape to the Country, but it's one of the other various spin-offs of this show where they like mm-hmm. escape to Spain or whatever. And mm-hmm. they actually made an offer on the show and I could not believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like this has this has genuinely been one of my favorite shows for years like it's been on forever yes, which is why i groaned because because <laughs> yeah you know i mentioned the grays it, like, will bring up escape to the country a lot <laughs> we watch it a lot right we I love believe it it's you. great I, uh, look i know <laughs> i know you do <laughs> the, so but so the reason i bring it up now again <laughs> is like the key characteristic that i love about the show is there's they almost never there's like cuts and edits are very rare like the whole thing just plays out so slowly and it's brilliant like it's i love it but the thing that happens also on this show is to mix things up a little bit you know they'll they'll visit the first two houses and then they have a little like intermission where they'll often visit some local place in the area and they'll they'll do a little it's often it's like an arts and craft section where they're like oh we've gone to this brewery to help the local brewer brew his beer here is where they put paper over cheese and this is what this little this is little shop does is like they make the nice folded paper that goes on on top of the cheese because you definitely you need a break from all of the hot property action you, yeah you got you to calm things down a bit just a couple days ago we saw an episode that i felt like took this to brand new heights which was they visited a button museum right which was just about <laughs> buttons <laughs> and cgp gray visits the button museum right and the, the the woman who was in charge of the button museum was talking about the history of button making and i was sitting there on on the couch like wow, this is what I mean by like, you don't have to hit an amazing bar. Like I watch Escape to the Country and find the sections where they go to like just the local horse bridery place, right? Or they're going to take lessons on whatever. Like I find all of those sections delightful and I love them. You've definitely (laughs) set the bar with the button museum. Like you're good now, everyone gets it. (laughs) So that's, I just wanted to clarify on that part of that. Um, So uh, that's year of the voyage. Man, I cannot wait for the like kind of pointless CGP Grey travel show. I'm genuinely like really excited about it because I know it's something that you would be very good at too. Here's the thing. Like, I don't even really know what I'm doing here, right? No. Like, but I, I just think I've been trying to do something like this for a while, and Tikoi was the, was the first time I really made something along these lines of like, oh, I went to a place and just filmed it, and it turned into a year long nightmare that exploded in my face. Uh, but but it was like 
I was still really glad to have done it and, and gone to this place. And I've also had the frustration of over the past few years trying this in a few ways. And like, it had just other projects like just haven't quite worked out. But I, I do feel like, again, it will never have the kind of audience that the animated stuff does. But there's definitely some section of the audience who does like the vlogs and people who liked the Tikoi video and a couple of just like the, you know, the live stuff that I've done. And so I feel like if I'm going to try to set an explicit goal to explore this more, this is the year to do it. This is, this is the time to do it as a way to trick and and force myself out of this really comfortable shell that i've been living in for the past year and so it's it's also why like i'm very happy to kind of put myself on record by making a call to the audience of like get in touch if you if you think you're at an interesting place and you know i, I don't know if worldwide travel is a thing that's going to happen this year but I feel like I can I can safely negotiate UK wide travel no matter what happens. I'm not gonna lie, this is my favorite of your themes. <laughs> okay, I wasn't this sure what good, your reaction man. would be. I feel no, like this is good. a little ridiculous and weird. But well, that's kind of why I like it. It's it's got like a real practical element, and then like a, an interesting like challenge, and then also this spectacular little project in the middle. I'm I'm glad you like it. Now, I do have a sub theme, but I I cannot continue onward with the show okay. without knowing what your theme is. Like I right. I need to know what are you what's what's the mic theme for 2021. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by ExpressVPN. The sad truth is our data isn't always as safe as we'd want. No matter who you are or what sites you use, attacks leading to data leaks are worryingly common. You don't want your credit card info, passwords, or driver's licenses in the hands of hackers, right? You don't want that. Especially when, according to recent reports, your data could be incredibly valuable to people on the darker parts of the internet. You're already busy. You don't have to worry about all of this nonsense, right? You don't want to have to worry about people getting your information. That's why you should use ExpressVPN. That's why I use ExpressVPN. It's an app that funnels my data, funnels your data through a secure encrypted tunnel. So no matter what devices you're using, you can have peace of mind every time you use the internet. The app connects with just one click. It's lightning fast. And the best part is ExpressVPN works on up to five devices simultaneously so you and your whole family can stay protected. And let me tell you, it's super fast, super easy to use. Every time I use ExpressVPN, I'm always happy. I don't find myself frustrated. I don't feel like it's something that's taking ages to get set up. It's super easy to get connected. And when you are, you're protected. And if you need to say that you're from a different place than where you are right now, it's super easy to change your location as well. ExpressVPN is great for that. Protect yourself with ExpressVPN, the VPN rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless other sites. And if you visit expressvpn.com cortex right now, you can arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com cortex. Visit expressvpn.com cortex to learn more and get those extra three months months of ExpressVPN for free. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. The year of reinvention. Ooh, okay. So I have like an overall kind of like statement to it and then in my usual way a bunch of little things that letter up into this wider theme. 
So the second half of 2020, and maybe like the last three quarters, I guess, mm-hmm. has seen just an immense amount of change in my professional life. Mm. And I mean, this was encapsulated by the year of shift, right? Like everything I had to do to get where I needed to be, where I wanted to be, to achieve what I had set out that year to start achieving, you know, mm. just to get all those things done was harder, right? Like getting the journal ready, like the plan was always, the second edition would be ready now. And like even doing that was monumentally more difficult because of COVID, right? Mm. So just getting to that part to get to now was just, just saw a lot of change and a lot of things that I had to do differently. And 2021 is going to be focused on making these things regular parts of my life, permanent things. So the stuff that I want to do in 2021, it's not all brand new, but all of these parts add up to the new overall thing. So I was really like... The, the working title of 2021 was year of new, and I, but I didn't want to make it that. Mm. Um, and then the, the more that I've kind of focused on these elements, I came up with reinvention. So like mm. the world is going to be different post-pandemic, and so will I. Maybe in more of a way than I would have thought. So got a bunch of things here. Okay. New outlets for myself is one of them. One of the things that I really wanted from the year of refinement was hobbies. Right. New hobbies. And I have ended up walking into some of them just, just over this last few months. And building and customizing mechanical keyboards has been that thing for me. This was the thing that came up on this show a long time ago. And we spoke about it a while ago. And I've kind of been talking about my journey a little bit more in Mortex, which is our members show you can go to getmortex.com and you can sign up and i've been kind of like checking in with you on this along the way Mm. and at this point this has become something that i have absolutely loved this year is finding this new hobby for myself and being able to do something with my hands and learn skills and take in knowledge and information in a world that i knew nothing about or didn't even know existed. Mm. So that's been like a real great outlet for my energy. And the type of media and entertainment and information that I can consume in this world is a really great distraction from other things. Because there's very little realistic practical overlap with the rest of my other pursuits. Like there are things that are similar, you know, like you use these keyboards with your computer, right? (laughs) Like they are electronic, you know, and there are like these parallels with design and aesthetics, right? But it's not like how gaming and technology are basically the same industry. Yes. Yeah. There's too much overlap. Too much overlap. And this is way less overlap. And so I've been really enjoying it for that. and. I still have more to say on that, but that's coming in a later part of the theme. Mm-hmm. But just general like hardware tinkering is something that I also want to do a little bit more of because now I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with electronics. 
because you kind of have to learn some of the basic steps in like building keyboards, right? You know how to solder now. I know yeah. how to solder now. So stuff like that is like it's 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 bringing down some of those barriers from a world of technology that before now I've been kind of like I couldn't even begin to understand that. And so like one thing that I want to do, which is similar to this in some ways, is I want to build a new PC. So that's going to be something that I'm going to do early in the year. Ooh. But in general, outside of these things, I want to find and continue to identify new places for my energy and my creativity. There were times in 2020, especially like many people, where I felt stuck in a rut. I'm going through the motions here. Mm-hmm. So I want to continue to feed my desire for new things and new interests that I've always had and continue to have. And it's one of the things that I think is best about me and why I can have the type of career that I have in the type of podcast and, and, and media that I create is that I have an insatiable need for new information and curiosity and finding out about new stuff. And I want to continue to feed that about myself because it is what makes me feel creatively fulfilled. Mm. Like I notice about myself, one of the problems that I've fallen into in the past is that it meant that I needed to make new podcasts about them. And I have definitely been able now to decouple that, that I don't have to make a new podcast about everything that i'm interested in this is something that i have learned over the last couple of years (laughs) yeah and that this actually dovetails into but what it doesn't mean is that i can't do stuff with this information so with keyboards keyboards have brought twitch streaming back into my life Mm -hmm. and for the last two or three months every single week at least once a week i have been doing a twitch stream focused around keyboards and it's been really great. And so this is part of the next thing, which is doing something new. And I have been setting this thing up so that in 2021, it can become a more permanent fixture in my life again. And, and like video, right? Because I love video. I love things in video. Video has lots of considerations and things to learn and things to get better at. But I hate editing video. Right. And so I stayed away from video. I like the production of making it and everything that goes into it, but I don't like all of the stuff that happens after it. You don't have to edit Twitch videos because it's mm-hmm. all live. And what's, what you do is done and that's it. When I press stop broadcasting, I can just go on with my life. There's no more. And I really like that about the medium because I'm used to producing live. You know, like I do it all the time. Like, it's not a concern for me. It's very easy for me to do that. It's part of my skill set. And being able to do this stuff with Twitch is great because I don't have to do something that I consider to be really difficult. You know, I've, video editing is much more time consuming than audio editing. Um, I can do it. I, I'm happy with my ability and my skill. I just don't enjoy it. And so that I really like Twitch streaming for that. And it's really great to build this new little community and new interest. and. I've been super pleased with my progress so far and I'm really, really enjoying the Twitch streaming stuff. But there's something that goes alongside all of this which I hadn't realized was important to me, which is building something that belongs to me only. Mm. I don't have this. I am genuinely blessed to work with some of the most interesting people I've ever met. 
And I love working with all of the people that I have the pleasure of working with. But I also have to collaborate with all, I can't just make decisions in the content that I produce and no one can tell me I don't want to do that or I would prefer to do it this way or why don't we try it that way. Mm. I don't have something that's only mine. Like I have co-hosts, I have partners in all of my endeavors. And in the last 10 years, maybe even more, my whole kind of like creative professional life for all of my endeavors, someone's been there with me, which has its so many upsides. But I haven't had my own space to do my own thing about something that I really care about. And what I love about the keyboard stuff and the Twitch streaming that go together is that all of this is completely unconnected to my previous endeavors. No one else that I know is into this like I am. Like This is something that I found on my own and I love and no you know like and and you you know you have a keyboard and you love your keyboard and... <laughs> yes that's correct I have a keyboard yeah. and that is where it ends <laughs> right but like it's something that you care about is having the tool that you like and my co-host on upgrade Jason he has a similar thing where like he has a keyboard that he likes and he went through a process of finding the one that worked for him and then stopped right but like this is a, an area which is like constantly evolving and there's all these cool designers and there's all these artisans and like, you know, there's actually quite a lot of parallels with my uh, pen hobby mm -hmm. and the keyboard hobby. They have similarities, which is how this whole thing began. But this is a thing where nobody that I work with cares really about this world like I do. And it's a whole world of content creators and designers similar to the world that I'm in but it's over there on its own and I'm really loving trying to get into this world more and learning what it's all about and the terminology and who the cool people are and like it's like this whole thing and I love that it's everything I'm building is just mine so like there's like working on the branding of it all I am the one who makes the final decisions and all of that and what it all means and what it looks like and what the content that I'm going to do is and when I'm going to do it and how often and how long and everything is just mine. And I am really enjoying all of what that means for me. And it's so far been a very refreshing thing and has been a great thing to have on my calendar to look forward to every week. and to make headway in it's been fantastic i've loved it having side projects in general is healthy for me mm -hmm. if i'm able to learn new things along the way it's a great bonus and what i'm really enjoying about this whole thing right now is that i'm starting to build a thing which is meaningful to me and is my thing to move forward and i'm, I'm loving that i have to say you know, talking to you over the course of this year you have been so genuinely happy when talking about keyboards and mm -hmm. so engaged with it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I've been startled at how huge this world is that you've shown me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, another thing like my dad always said that everything is a world unto itself. And 
with the keyboard thing, you can just pick anything. And, and your first reaction is always going to be like, how much can there possibly be to this? And the answer is infinity. The yeah. answer is always yeah. infinity. It's never not. It doesn't matter what you're picking and what you're thinking about. And yeah, I, I feel really happy to have seen this interest be developed and cultivated by you and you know made into a thing with the with your twitch channel and developing the branding around the twitch channel which is just entirely yours and mm -hmm. very mike and i like this I, I like that this is something that you're continuing forward into 2021 and i like that it's me like the, the yeah. branding is mike.live that's the, the the branding of my twitch channel and it's the url and it's my name you know and i like that like it's 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 something that's just mine and you know i reserve the right to do other things on that twitch channel and i will you know like mm. but its core focus right now is this new hobby that i am just greatly enjoying tinkering with and learning more about and so it's been a great thing for me over the last few months and i think it's going to be something that i'm going to continue to enjoy into 2021 building new norms is another part of this okay looking at what this last year has been like and what it's going to mean for my future one of these things is a permanent reduction in travel hmm even when i can do this again when i could in theory be on the road once a month every month i'm not going to do it anymore okay okay do you have specific limit like this is this is really interesting and I, I can totally see how you could start to think about this as a how is my life going to be different how am i going to reinvent what my life is like what what are you thinking around this i do not have hard and fast limits okay but I know it's going to be way less. There was a lot of travel that I was doing, which was superfluous, really. It was just like, this would be nice to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to do any of that anymore. And a lot of the travel that I will do needs to be vacations if it's going to be anything, I think. Hmm, right. We'll come back to vacations in a minute, but hmm. there's there's just been a change in my priorities and there was a time So I was talking to a friend about this a couple of days ago and he said to me he said something to me which has really helped me understand this. There was a time in my life when I needed to travel more to help establish my working relationships. Mm. And I don't need to do that anymore. You know, there was there was a time five years ago when going to all these conferences was beneficial to me for building what would help be my future career. I do not need to do that anymore. And there are things which are really important for my business, which I'll always travel for. Um, you know, there are certain events which are important. And they're going to continue to be important, and I'm going to continue to do them, you know. But there is also a lot of travel that I was doing to, you know, attend a conference that I was just kind of interested in, but I didn't need to do it. But I wanted to go to the place, and I wanted to experience that part of the world. But I'm just, it's such a, 
big thing to keep taking all this time, this cost, this effect every time I make one of these trips. And I, I just, I have found out that I don't need it. I just wanted it. Mm. And I don't, I just don't, I know I don't have to continue doing this. And so it's going to be something that I reduce a lot. Wow. I mean, I, I was always um, impressed and shocked with the number of times that, that you would fly to America. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think this year has definitely shown that the world can keep spinning with a dramatic reduction in travel. Yep. And yeah, I mean, this, this is also one of the interesting things about having, you know, having spoken to you for years and doing this show for years is... I wouldn't have thought about it until you just mentioned it now, but I think you're totally right that you're always moving through different phases of your life and your career. And it's easy to continue doing the things from the previous phase without reassessing them. Mm-hmm. This does feel like it's a, like it's a good one to reassess and one that is thrown into sharp relief because of this previous year. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know you don't have hard limits on this, no. but I'll, I'll be curious to see what does this actually translate into yeah. over, the, over the next year. I think the biggest, like when I talk about, less, the biggest reduction will be in travel for work, right? Yeah. That's going to be the big, the big reduction. Yeah. I may have taken 10 work trips a year. Uh, maybe it will be three. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know hard and fast what it's going to look like yet. But I know that I am committed to it being less, like a lot less. Yeah. And, and this also feels much bigger than just a, like a yearly theme subsection. This feels a little bit, I mean, I don't know if I'm, I'm overstating it from your perspective, but it, it does feel to me a bit like a, a recognition of a probably, if not permanent, very long-term change. Like I'd, I'd have a hard time imagining uh, three years from now, Mike, you know, being in a situation or a position where you're like, I want to fly to America every month for work. It's very difficult to yeah. imagine that. But I mean, that's kind of my theme this year is very much drawing a line. Mm-hmm. And there was pre-2020 Mike Hurley and post. And this last year <sighs> has, has crystallized a lot of stuff for me. and. Even if these things, some of these things sound like the types of things I would have spoken about before, I just need to really try and get across that. In my mind, I think I'm thinking about them very differently and very definitively. And these things are different. I mean, so like, there are, there are things which sound like stuff I've spoken about in the past, and, and I still have a couple more little things to talk about. But they are very much like, I have spoken, spent time understanding who I am and what I want to be. And the, the, that's what I mean by the year of reinvention. It's like, I understand who I am, I understand what I do, and I understand how I react to things. And this year move, and then moving forward is a lot of me leaning into what I want to lean into and pulling back on what I think needs to change. Okay, I, f- I feel like I have a much deeper understanding now of reinvention. Yeah, yeah. Vacations! <laughs> mm, okay. I just have to take more of them. 
more than none of them is more that what you mean? Them, more yeah. than none of them more than none of them and even if and when things return to a more like 2019 like feel that i need to be switching off more i don't have a plan for that like i really don't but i have recognized that it is something that i need to work on this year for the future mm-hmm. that my vacations quote unquote were they were tricks right like oh i'll take a few days off because i'm going to x place and i mean ostensibly it's a work trip but it's going to feel like a break because it's not like my normal life <laughs> yeah that that is a real trick for yourself i've done that right. oh yeah <laughs> it's a, it's I'm still a vacation record all the shows i'm recording but i'm doing them with a different view so it feels like a vacation like no i yeah. <laughs> right, like, I know I have a weird job and I have a fun job and a job that lots of people would want, but I work hard and I work long hours and I feel like at this point I've put in enough time that I can actually start taking some vacations, mm-hmm. like real weeks off. Like, and so that's the thing that, again, I don't know how much of this realistically I'm going to get to do in 2021, but this isn't about just 2021. Right. Like this is about like taking a little bit more control of this stuff for now and then moving forward. Direct support. So membership has been, you know, as as we mentioned in kind of the wrap up of 2020 has been like a really, really great thing. But I know now that this is going to continue to be something which is going to continue to get focus from me moving into the future. This wasn't just a 2020 thing to help kind of get us out of a bad spot. It's like, no, this is a legitimate way as a creative professional to make a portion of your living. And I want to continue to explore what that means and continue to take guidance from people like you as to what it means to be a creative professional who relies on support from an audience directly. And so, you know, I'm really happy with where I've gotten to with this show and with the other shows that I produce that have membership content. But I want to play around with, with what that means, what that content can be and where it can be pushed to. And I want to keep moving this forward in 2021 into different areas and, and see, see what feels right. Oh, man, like every this, this is this is like the biggest theme that you've ever done i feel like every one of these little subsections is like a giant bomb of of things to be processing just even just even as you're saying it um so yeah like that's that is another entire thing that could have been a theme unto itself Mm -hmm. but is also extending to the future of forever it's a it's a groundwork year Um, yeah this is 2021 is a is a year of like laying the groundwork for future things hmm there's going to be a lot of exploration for me in in really trying to understand kind of like what my next 10 years are going to be like. Mm. So like I didn't talk about it because we were in a weird time, but 2020 was 10 years for me in podcasting. Wow. So it, uh, it was in April. I've right. been doing this for a decade and like it just wasn't a thing to celebrate, right? We were like three weeks into lockdown. So I just kind of kept it to myself. And I wanted to do something to mark the time. 
but I never did. So from 2021, I am hopefully moving into my next decade. And if that's going to be the case, it feels like a time to be like, all right, what did you learn over the last 10 years? Let's keep moving it forward. 10 years doesn't mean anything. Like we've spoken about this on this show, but as human beings, we'd like to round things up. It's yeah. like the fact that we do the yearly themes in December, January, right? As you said, really, it could, it could be in February if you wanted to. It doesn't make yeah. a difference. We could do nine monthly themes, right? <laughs> it's, everything's arbitrary. This show could just be a theme for the month. Every month, that's it, right? <laughs> but like, we like to, to kind of like to, to look at things in these nice little neat compartments. And Yeah. And 10 years of anything is a big deal. Yeah. It's why the decade transitions are a big deal. It's why it's it why has a word. human civilization thinks about 10-year periods at yeah. all. Like, what were the 90s like? Mm-hmm. What were the 2010s like? It, yeah, it's a it's arbitrary, but it is also, it, it has meaning. It has meaning. I'm happy I started in 2010. Because it, I can always just round it to the 10s. Mm. I'll always have that, right? 2010 to 2020, <laughs> 2020 to 2030, right. you know? And so, you know, it, it just feels like that to me of like, what did you learn in the last 10 years and how do we move them through to the next 10? And I was just forced in 2020 to rethink a lot of stuff. You know, mm. this may have, uh, what I'm doing right now, this like taking stock and what do I want this next long-term period to be like, it might have been what I always did because of this 10 years thing. But I was forced to look at my work in a yeah. much harsher light than I normally do because of the pandemic. And it has, I think, has helped me realize the things that like, I care about the most and the things that I also have ignored where I shouldn't have, you know? Mm. I have two more. Yeah, go, go. Things. All right. Cortex brand product development. We have finally, hopefully, gotten the theme system under control, right? So the journal now is what I want the journal to be. It's what I've always wanted it to be. It is where we think it is best for its long term. We have gotten it into a place where we are happy with the production. I'm much happier with the timelines of things. My expectation now is it should be in a uh, it should be a manageable part of our business that we should just be able to look at stock levels, we reorder and it keeps going from there, right? Mm. That is what we have spent the last 18 months working towards. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it was a it was a punt that ended up turning into a thing. And you know, now going into where we are now, going into 2021, we're hopefully going to get a much clearer idea as to what the theme system means for our company. But it's taken this long to get to here. My hope in 2021 is that we will now be able to look at new products. Mm. Like, as we said this before, but Cortex Brand was never supposed to be just the company that we had that makes the journal. Right. It's yeah, it's it's not the journal company no. dot brand. Right. It's 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 it was always supposed to be a, a bigger thing with more products. Mm-hmm. It's it's just product one turned out to be an enormous deal. Yeah. And also was a, just a really hard thing to make. 
And then we had a pandemic to deal with. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then. We have the next areas that we want to pursue. And so I'm hoping that 2021 will see the first of those. I think that would be really great. And then the last thing I want to talk about for now is Mega Studio. So this is a much more short-term part of the year of reinvention. It isn't. Re- it doesn't really ladder into the reinvention theme at all, honestly. But it's just a thing that I really want to achoe this year. <laughs> so it's going in. I'm hoping shoehorning it in. <laughs> that, that's fine. That's that's very acceptable. The studio over the last nine months has felt like it's been in a permanent state of being unfinished. Yeah. Um. There's there's been a lot of stumbling blocks outside of our control. You know, like the ability to use it the way that we'd first imagined using it, we couldn't. Like I've had to, both me and Adina have had to maintain home office setups as well, which was the whole friggin' point of getting this space was that we wouldn't do that anymore. But mm-hmm. we've had to keep it because we've, we're not sure if, how, how long we can be here for, you know? Like if we need to lock down again or if we want to lock down again or whatever, you know? So that, that's been tricky. But having this space has been the best part of my professional life this year because it's provided me with the mental clarity and strength to do everything else. Without this space, I would be in a much worse mental place right now Mm. because considering I had taken no time off, if I would have been at home every day working for this whole nine months, probably would have lost my mind somewhere in the middle of it you know (laughs) talk about burnout i know i would have burnt out big time during Mm. that period of time and being able to for the time that i've been able to be here which unfortunately has not been as much of the year as i wanted to be right there was a what like march to june period where i wasn't here at all but the the act of getting up getting ready, coming to the studio, doing my work, coming home, being at home, that has helped me like a lot, a lot. Mm. And it has been this fantastic new thing for me that is also enabling other things. I can only do all the keyboard stuff and all the Twitch streaming stuff because I have this space. I couldn't do all of it at home. It just wouldn't be possible for me to be able to have this stable video environment, which I can have here. Because I have space here to set things up the way that I want and to, as my needs and, and, and use cases adapt, I can adapt with it. But unfortunately, I've yet to be able to get this place into some kind of stasis. Mm. You know, there are so many things that keep changing and I've yet to even be able to set this working environment up the way that I want. And there's still a lot of stuff. I mean, honestly, like even this isn't a big thing, but just like the computers that I'm using keeps changing and that is causing frustration in it, right? Like I can't even get that set. And like like all working environments, me and Adina have been learning how we want to use this space. And I feel like we have a much better idea of it now. And I'm just hoping that in the next few months we can move further towards getting it set the way that we want to so that in 2021 you know by the end of 2021 i want to have removed my home office Hmm. but we're gonna have to wait and see if it's possible to do that 
I would like to pitch to you how this is part of year of reinvention. Okay. I view this as the the caterpillar that was 2019 Mike began to spin a cocoon that was Mega Studio. Mm, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And that cocoon spinning took a, a much longer time than expected. <laughs> it was a big old cocoon. Right? Yeah, I ran out of silk but, halfway through. <laughs> yeah. But as the year of, of reinvention, this is your pushing off platform for 2021 Mike and beyond. So that, that's the way I, I think, yes, you getting it finished and set up this year mm. is a smaller target, but it is to complete the work that past you started to enable the thing that is the base of the reinvention. That's my pitch to you on, no, I, I think that. this is still connected. You've said something now, which I seem to have, I kind of got it wrong in the order. Like Mega Studios, the top of this list, because without it, I am not able to do these other things. Because yeah. part of the reason that I don't feel the need to travel as much anymore is because I'm not at home all the time, working from home, being at home. You know, I used to like to travel because it would break up my life mm-hmm. a bit. But being here does that. You know, like. I'm in a different area of London when I'm here. I'm traveling. I'm getting the feeling of being on the move. It's giving me more activity and I can explore different and new things here. You know, like I am in a better area here for walking around to different stuff than I am in w- where we live. Uh, I haven't, again, we haven't been able to really put that into practice because the types of things that we would go to, uh, we don't go to them in COVID times. We will again. And so it does enable all this other stuff and also is for my business uh, a different financial commitment. So like I have made the decision to, to have this studio at the expense of even being able to travel as much as I would before because I have a new financial commitment to make sure that I maintain, you know? Mm-hmm. So you are right. And, and I like that you said that, and that's actually really helped kind of crystallize that part of why this fits into my year of reinvention. So that is my theme, Gray. It's a big one. Oh, man. And it, is the, it is the biggest one ever. This, for me, though, is the, the, the inca- it, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. I can't complete anything in here. There's nothing to complete. Mm-hmm. everything has no end the point is that by the end of 2021 uh, my goal is to look back and say that I have moved the needle on all of those things mm-hmm. but none of them have like a point that I get to in the year where I'm like tick I've done it because none of these things have a, have a defined end to them They're all things that by the end of the year, I want to have progressed in some way that I can look back and be like, from where I was in December 2020 to December 2021 and say like, yes, I have moved forward on all of these fronts. 
Would you like to hear my sub theme? I would, yes. <laughs> this is a very different year, I think, for, for both of us. You have this big, overreaching, epic, decade-long start to your theme. I think I've never had anything that's more specific and sort of bitty. And, like, it's kind of fun, <laughs> in a way, as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, maybe whimsical. Yeah, whimsy's a good way to describe it. And so I'm going to continue with that, because I think there's there's some part of my brain which, after the amorphous fuzziness of Year of Clarity has been craving uh, some more specific things. And so there is this sub-theme that I do want to mention because it it feels like an important lesson learned from Year of Clarity. And so the sub-theme, to continue with the, with the nautical metaphors here, is clear the decks. Mm. So I've... I've really learned something as well about myself this year. It's something I've kind of been aware of, but it it really crystallized in this past year, which is going back to human interest. Like, why are humans interested in things? And I think one of the best ways that I can know what my own internal emotional state is, is expressed in how much do I find things interesting? And this year, I, I know that I've been doing great, that it's not like some, some trick of the brain to cope with what was actually disaster, because I've never been so interested in almost everything. <laughs> like, you can laugh. It's perfectly fine. As an example, you know, I've, I've always said, like, I find history mostly really boring. But this year, it's like, oh, I read a lot about the Cold War, which I feel like in almost any other time, I would just be like, oh, this is boring. Who cares? But again, you can't explain interests. And I've never had a year where I feel like my brain has has wanted to go in just so many directions. And and this, mm. you know, this comes and goes. And, and I feel like, oh, it's a good, it's just a good barometer for like emotional well-being it expresses itself as interest in things, you know, but everything comes with costs and being interested in lots of things is great, but you have to direct that. And this is where the topic lock that I talked about came into play for clarity in what I'm working on. I'm going to pick some projects as locked and consider like I'm going to work on these and I'm not going to switch topics. And, like I'm, I'm going to get it finished so that I know what am I actively working on. But here's the thing, Mike. Brains are tricky. You can't trust brains. They're always trying to find ways around your rules. And one of the things that my brain totally did this year which compounded on itself over the months as they rolled by, which was locking a topic. And then I would finish the video on that topic. But I would tell myself repeatedly, oh, there's a lot of these little things that I'd like to, quote, follow up, quote, quickly. 
about related to this main video. And so I spawned in my mind like very many little follow-ups or light gray video ideas that were supposed to attend the main videos. Mm -hmm. And this is just one of these ways where it's almost hilarious to me how your brain can trick you because it's like, when I put up a main video, have I ever quickly wrapped up a little follow-up within the next few days after the video goes live? Yeah, no, no, never, no. never. Like I'm, I am like a, you know, a snail curled up in a shell after the video goes up. It's exhausting. And I, and like, I know from experience that I can never actually do any of these things, but because I was just so interested in so many things, like I just had all of these little like residue ideas left over after the main video on something was done. And my brain was sneaking these past the topic lock idea of like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, this isn't this isn't a video. This is just a little thing. This doesn't count. Don't worry about this. You can you can now lock what the next topic is. And uh somehow you'll wrap up these little extra videos really quickly in your spare time you know perhaps you'll work on them in the afternoons when you know from full experience that you work terribly and inefficiently and don't ever don't ever try to do writing in the afternoon but maybe you'll finish writing them up then because they're quick and easy and so clear the decks is a sub theme that is really important to me phase one is i've got way too many of these little like open boxes in some sense around of things that I wanted to follow up on videos that I have done this year that I just didn't, that, that didn't work out because how were they ever going to work out? Like when was I going to work on these? Not in the morning when I was working on the locked topics, you know, like it just wasn't, it just wasn't ever going to happen. So I am, you know, when, Christmas rolls around and it's it's the new year. January is a famously slow time on on YouTube in particular. I'm really going to go through everything that I thought I was going to follow up this year and make some really harsh decisions about closing these topics down for good. It's like, yes, the main video is up and these additional ideas I am putting them away in storage. They're, they're going to have to go because we need to clear the decks for the year that's coming up. The second part is me realizing, okay, topic lock was a great idea, but I need to get around my tricksy brain and recognize that topic lock has to be bigger than I was originally thinking about it. If it is to be taken seriously, it has to mean the main video and also anything that you think is going to follow up that video. So that I cannot lie to myself that the quick and easy videos that should follow up a main thing that they are not still under topic lock, which means if they're going to get made, 
they have to use up the prime hours in the morning of writing time. You know, they have to use up the prime hours of directing time and thinking about the visuals and everything else. I'm really happy that I've, over the past year, been able to make like those light gray and those easy videos. But the videos that did happen still occurred when I took them seriously as, yes, this is a light gray video, but it is topic locked. Oh, now I get it. Okay. Right? Yeah, I thought you were saying like, no, I'm not going to do those. And I was going to say, I don't think that's a good idea. But now I get it. Like you, you will give those videos the same treatment. Yes. Right. They have to get the same treatment. Everything has costs. The, the, the whole reason that I'm able to do the job that I do is because I will become interested in lots of things and I like connecting different topics and I like exploring and trying to figure out what are the useful things here. But like, I really have to constrain it. And Topic Lock out of Year of Clarity felt like the first correct tool that made a big difference. And this is clear the decks is like an extension of that idea. Okay, dude, you can have three topic locked things at a time. But when you want to bring up a new thing on deck to be worked at, everything related to this topic has got to go back below decks. You can't tell yourself, oh, I just have a two-minute extra idea that's going to go along with this. No, you don't. You either finish this one before we bring up the new stuff, or we make the decision that this is not going to happen. And it's just interesting because, like, rolling into this December, I had a hilarious, hilarious number of quick little videos that kept getting pushed back into December that I was like, oh yeah, it's totally reasonable that in December I'm going to have seven tiny videos that are following up all of the things that happened this year, right? And it's like, it was never going to happen. And I, I walked into that trouble by not being really serious about it. And, and because I found myself like spread across too many of the things that I was interested in from over the whole year is like oof i've put the december video in like a shaky position of getting made because it was just spread across oh yeah yeah there's the main video for december and there's also going to be all of these other things and it was just like a trick so for me when i was talking before about this idea of integrating spaceship u into my life like very deeply this is also part of it and it's why the reason like i've chosen language that matches up with vessel language it's like keeping the decks clear is just as important as all of these other things and like you you made steps in the right direction last year and we just need to tighten this concept to make it flow more smoothly so that is my sub-theme going into next year, is like, clear the decks phase one, make decisions about which of these are actually going to happen and be treated seriously in the production process, mm. even if there's still light videos. And which of these, almost certainly many of these, am I going to make a decision? No, like, that's just not going to happen, and that's fine. And then after that is done, keeping the decks clear and not 
letting this like tricky expansion take place that slowly caught up with me over the course of the year as it progressed. So that is my sub theme. All right. I think that's yearly themes. That is yearly themes. This is a epic yearly themes episode. Oh God, I know. Uh, if you want to send in your yearly theme, ask Cortex questions for next time. I think we might do some of those. Uh, you can send in a tweet with the hashtag AskCortex, or you can use question mark AskCortex in the Relay FM members Discord. If you have a yearly theme that you want to share, you can share it that way. You can also share it in the subreddit. I really love it when people share their themes. Like yeah. I, I think these episodes are they're a big deal for us, and it's it's really enjoyable and rewarding to see like what people are doing in their own lives with their own themes, and it's. Uh, it's definitely one of the nicest and best times around the subreddit. And I also think it's a great tool for people who are thinking about this for themselves. So I, I really encourage everyone to, to share their themes in the subreddit. And once you have shared your theme, there's no better way to put it in place than with the theme system journal that is here and is magnificent. Cortexmerch.com dot com.